I was in San Diego. I get a phone call from my chief and she's like, dude, are you sitting down? I'm like, why the fuck would I be sitting down? I'm at, I'm in class. What's going on? She's like, I need you to sit down. I'm like, I what's, what's, what happened? This is the, she said the white house the BMC calling you my BMC. Yeah. Okay. She's like the white house contacted great lakes and they want a representative from glass to go to the official June pride month at the white house. Everybody and welcome to a very special edition of Sea Stories. Uh, sea Stories are tall tales generally told amongst fishermen and sailors. And uh, what I like to do is I like to gather my old Navy buddies and uh, tell our own sea stories. Uh, my name is Adam Herrera. I'm a former SD tech with the Navy for 10 years. And today I'm drinking from uh, New Belgium, the uh, Triple. You're going to see a theme. You'll see why in a second. Uh, Andy, how are you doing and what do you got for us? I'm doing good, Adam. Uh, you know, it's always great as uh, the summer sets in in sunny Virginia and it gets ridiculously hot and humid, as most of us recall, Norfolk. And uh, I'm drinking from New Belgium, the summer bliss. Not that my filter shows a can, but, you know, <laughs> it is tasty. How are you doing, Drew? I'm good, man. Thank you for asking. <clears throat> Hanging in there. Um, I live in um, sunny Florida, otherwise known as the 10th layer of hell right now. Um, <laughs> so I'm drinking something a little juicy uh, from New Belgium. I got the uh, juice force. <clears throat> so I'll see you later. <laughs> yep. How are you doing? Thank you, Drew. I am doing fantastic. Uh, living the good life here in the hottest place in the Midwest. I'm a few from Kansas. I am drinking the 1985 New Belgium IPA uh, and uh, looking forward to uh, reviewing some of these New Belgiums we're done here. Uh, and uh, I would like to take this time to introduce the master of disaster, Mr. Josh. Good to be here, guys. Thanks, Joe. Uh, you know, I was so excited to find out our guest Brews beer at New Belgium because New Belgium was the one that got me into craft beers. I was drinking 1554, which is really what I was looking for, but I could not find it. So today I took um, the New Belgium Voodoo Ranger. Uh, it's always a good classic, too. Um, I just love the art. It's always a cool art. Anyways, um, I actually get to introduce our guest this, this time, and her name is Anne. And she's a co-founder of Glass, and I'm pretty sure she will tell us what Glass means, and we'll have other uh, awesome uh, conversations with her. So, I am done. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, thank you for the intro. I, I love that the fact that you guys all got New Belgium beers, and I'm particularly, exclusively not drinking a New Belgium beer because I am not at work. And if I don't have to drink the beer that I make, I won't. <laughs> understandable i was uh yeah i like your your show especially the juice force uh, that's such a bitch to make i'm just like it just every time i see it i just get mad like i hope you enjoy it but i just <laughs> i just can't do it man like it's such a bitch but i am actually representing from fort collins colorado odell brewing company's drumroll hazy uh pale ale 
which is awesome. Like it's one of my favorite crushable because it is about 90 degrees out. And here at altitude means there's no moisture in the air. So I have just been obsessively applying lotion and chapstick so I don't turn into a raisin. <laughs> well, so. I am. Well, I think thanks everybody for joining today, especially and uh, happy Pride Month, everybody. Yeah. So like Josh said earlier, we have a special guest, Anne. Um, and I'm just going to let you introduce yourself. Why don't you tell us a little about yourself? Absolutely. Well, first of all, I'm, I'm super stoked to be here. Like the average Joe podcast, I've been having a great time uh, going through all your back episodes and, and having everything like you guys are doing great. Um, I am a former FC, like everyone here. Um, I'm still a Naval Reservist, but I had a cross rate uh, once I went reserves. So I was a CWIS tech for about six years and then um, been in reserves for about five as a yeoman. So um, but uh the reason I think being here today is, um, especially in lieu of Pride Month, is uh, I had the distinct honor and privilege of founding the first gay straight alliance in the U.S. military. So that organization, Glass, has been around for a uh, 10-year anniversary this year. So it's been a big, uh, big, big part of my life and long-term uh, project. So it's been a, it's been a lot of fun. Um, I, I first, I first I heard of you. When I listened to your interview on the uh, uh, Permission to Speak Freely podcast with those guys, how were those guys? By the way, I'm a huge fan of those guys. Oh yeah, the senior chiefs. Uh, they uh, they're they're two active duty senior chiefs, and they uh, they do this this like this weekly podcast. Uh, Damon and a uh, demo who. Uh, and I honestly, like, I don't remember their last names just because they, that's how they just, they're like the Damon and Damo. Um, but they're, they're active duty engineering types and they do kind of like in like more in depth, like, you know, current events stuff with the Navy leadership stuff. But yeah, I, um, I was actually in Italy this last February for AT, um, cause I'm attached to Naval Forces Europe and East Africa. So if I don't go to East Africa, I, I chill in Italy for my, for my ATs. And because Russia decided to start acting the fool, um, I got pulled from East Africa um, instead of doing an exercise, went up to, to Italy. And um, while I was there, a sailor reached out via Facebook about um, starting a glass chapter on her at her command. And every time I get a chapter that wants to start, you know, you know, hey, where are you guys at? How'd you hear about the program? And she had heard about it from other sailors. And it had also been mentioned on that podcast. So I was like, oh, that's super cool. Listen to the episode. And I reached out to them to say like, hey, if you want, I'd be happy to talk to you about the program. And that's how that episode ended up coming into uh, into existence. It was a really solid interview. You did such a great job. And, and you know, I heard your stories and I, I became like an instant fan of yours. And and then once you <laughs> said that you worked at a beer, beer brewery and you're a former FC, I was like, oh, I hope she could. She's willing to come on our show, talk to a bunch of FCs who, a bunch of beer drinking FCs actually. I want to get into um, into your how how you came about with glass, but I want to start like at the very beginning if you don't mind, and I just want to I want to get into like basically how you got into the Navy. Um, can you just tell us about you know where you came from and and what led you into joining the Navy? Yeah, for sure. I uh, I was born. Uh, born long ago. Uh, no, I was uh, born in Nevada. And um, for my adult life, um, up until the point where I joined the Navy, because I joined at 24, 
I was a newspaper photographer. So I was a journalist. I was like California, Colorado, Pennsylvania. I was working for like Associated Press and the daily newspapers out there. And um, my sister was joining the Navy and um, she basically was living with me and she depped. And I was like, oh, this sounds like a good idea. And I always wanted to be a combat photographer. And so um, right when the economy crashed um, in newspapers, the first thing that got axed was like basically the art department, photography, design, what have you. So I found myself unemployed and quickly homeless. And I was like, all right, well, sign me up for the Navy. I've already gone through this whole process with my sister and did it that way. This was in 2010. Um, So this was right at the end of Don't Ask, Don't Tell, the policy where you could be gay, but you couldn't tell anyone about it. You couldn't ask anyone if they were gay. And if you were caught, you'd be, you'd be kicked out. That's what um, I was curious about so, when they made that change. Cause I know, I think all of us served underneath the don't ask, don't tell policy. So. Yeah. 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 It was, um, it was around for about, I want to say like 20 years. Um, and it's funny, like if you watch a movie like GI Jane, like that's a policy that was like when that movie was made and that was a big deal. Like Demi Moore's character gets kicked, tries to get kicked out because of a, because she was a lesbian quote unquote. No, but um, I had, since I was working at the newspaper and I, we had done stories about, you know, service members who'd been kicked out because of the policy. And it was right. Like when Obama was talking about, you know, repealing it and there was like all these, you know, think tanks and whatever would this work. And um, so I assumed that it was already going to be like repealed at some point. So when I went in, even though I was the last generation of sailor to enlist under the policy, I didn't think that it would be like my entire career kind of a thing. So I, I enlisted in October. I was in boot camp in December and Obama signed the, the repeal end of December, 2010. But there was a, like a nine or 10 month intermission, like interim period where like, it wasn't enacted yet. So the first year that I was actually in the Navy was still technically under the policy. So that was kind of my, my entry into the Navy was with like, I mean, I literally, I have a, I said in the other podcast, I have the actual instruction that I had to initial where like, I will not commit homosexual acts, whatever. I still have that on my refrigerator because, and I, I'll bring it out every now and then to show people. Cause they just don't believe that I had to sign the shit that like, you know, if you, you know, if you're caught, you know, if you, you know, basically you can't act on it, you can't, you know, try and do shit with other people. If they find out that you are like, it's basically all the stuff you had to initial why you were signing all your like enlistment contract. So I found, I found a copy of it. And I'm like, that's going to go in my refrigerator. So that was, um, yeah, which was so crazy. Cause like, I mean, I don't know if like, if you're going to be doing the, the video recording of this, but like, I, I have short hair, I have tattoos never was one to like be a particularly feminine woman ever. Like I, I present masculine of center. And, uh, so like when I, when I joined, my mom was like, how the fuck is that going to work? Like, and again, hopefully you don't mind my French, we're all sailors here, but yeah. yeah, So it was kind of like, she was just like, what in the fuck are you thinking? Like you are out, you've been out forever. You're unabashedly gay. And now all of a sudden you want to join the Navy. And I was like, well, I don't have a whole lot of options at this point. Um, so I'd wanted to go in as an MC. They didn't have any female seats available. So they're like, well, what about uh, AECF, which is, you know, elect- advanced electronics computer field. And uh, then after boot camp, I got bequeathed into FC. Thank God. Cause 
God knows I would not want to be an ET. How fancy does advanced electronics computer feel? Uh, yeah, uh, there was a salesman that had to come up with that one, man. That was just. It really hooked oh. us in with that. <laughs> yes, okay. I was suckered in. I'll admit to that. I'll, I would admit. But I'm glad I was. <laughs> on that note, on that note, how, how do they make the leap from MC to AECF? Like, like it was just, I think it was just like based on what was available, my ASVAB scores. Because yeah. I've always been a really good test taker. So they're like, you want to do whatever? I'm like, sure. I just don't want to be a corpsman. Because both my parents are ER nurses. And I'm like, I don't want that What's evil on MC? me. Mass communications. So like, because I was already a photographer in the civilian oh. world. Did so I have, wanted to do like. have one of those on the. On, uh, the they used to be like, like photographer's mate. Like they, they combined right. like the reporter and photographer's okay, mate okay, into okay. mass communications. Keep in mind that I got out in 2000, what, seven? Joe. And Joe. Joe, rapper is not a Navy rate, all right? <laughs> oh, yeah, I was, I was the uh, MC. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> FC. Mm. No, uh, okay, MCC. yeah, so, all right, yeah, so that makes sense. Uh, and then... Uh, Question for us, sorry, Joe, but do we have to sign that form, too? Like, I don't uh, remember, mm-hmm. we did? Everybody did. That was, was, that was like, the initials. day that... <laughs> exactly, like, it was the day at MEPS where, like, you had to sign, like, I promise to abide by the UCMJ and there's like, no, here, oh, let me grab it for a second. It's, it's funny as fuck when you look at it. Yeah. I don't remember like signing that or even maybe just paying attention to it. Uh, you're, but, you're just signing stack of papers, Drew. I was. <laughs> 18 years okay. old. Yeah, I like, opportunity. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of like, it's like, if you're going to be separated mm-hmm. for like, if you have like a pattern of like disciplinary infractions, you can be separated failure to meet service weight control standards. So it's like, it's like all these little bullet points for all the reasons that you can get separated. And then it just kind of like in there is like um, a member may be separated for violations of laws or regulations regarding sexual conduct of members of the armed forces, for example, engaging or attempting to engage in a homosexual act or soliciting another to engage in such an act for stating that he or she is a homosexual or bisexual or words to that effect, or for marrying or attempting to marry an individual of the same sex. So, so like, there's, and there's a couple other ones, like, hmm. uh, like, the member has engaged in, attempted to engage in, or solicited another to engage in homosexual acts, unless there are further findings made and approved in accordance with procedures set forth in such regulations that they had. So, basically, it's like, if it is like a one-off, like, such conduct is a departure from the member's usual or customary behavior. So it's like not gay if it's underway. Uh, such conduct uh, under all circumstances is unlikely to reoccur or such conduct was not accomplished by force, coercion or intimidation. And so basically it's like it's outlining all the ways that like if you do get caught doing gay shit that you wouldn't get kicked out for doing gay shit. I know we're looking at it through the lens of uh, 2022, but isn't it like a little ridiculous that the Navy had like a policy where it was like, hey, we don't want you coming to the Navy and just grabbing dicks all day. Like, doesn't that fall under sexual harassment anyways? I guess it's, I, to me, it's weird yeah. that, like, that, 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 uh, that, that they have to, like, outline like that, like, as if anyone's going to be okay with that anyway. Like, no, you can't go around. Yeah. <laughs> Like, like you said, grabbing dicks, like, oh, yeah, I guess. Uh, but well, it's also too, like, you couldn't even like allude to it. Like, and also, yeah. like, if you're like a bisexual person, like, you could be a bisexual person in a heterosexual relationship and still get your ass kicked out. So, like, 
you know what I'm saying? So like you could be like married with kids in a quote unquote, like heterosexual relationship and still be bisexual and still kicked out under this policy. Now, this isn't even getting into like trans service members, which was a whole nother part of the story later on because they just weren't recognized at all. And like when we were starting this group, like one of the biggest things, like people are like, well, it's not as inclusive. It's just gays and lesbians. I'm like, we legitimately were not allowed to use the word transgender at all in any capacity. Like we had this one pride month, no shit. We had LGBT for like June pride month on a cake. And they, my captain made us cut the tea off of the cake. Really? No shit. Yeah. Like, like, like what year? This was roughly 14 or 15. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. So, I mean, like this, this, this whole story, and it's like, unless like, of course, like you're, you're gay in the military, you wouldn't necessarily know because it didn't affect everyone the same way. Um, Like if you're a straight sailor who didn't know any other gay sailors, like you would not have known about like DOMA or the repeal or like equal opportunity. Like you just wouldn't have any idea of just how completely fucked (laughs) it was to be gay. Even after the repeal of don't ask, don't tell, because you could, you wouldn't get kicked out. But like your marriages weren't, you know, seen as the same. So like you could be married and have kids and not get any BAH. Like you wouldn't be able to co-locate with your family. Like this whole thing where it's like, cool, like you could not get kicked. Like there was no protection under equal opportunity. So like there was no one to report harassment to. Like it for for I mean, even nowadays, like even with like trans sailors, like all these new laws that are coming out, you're just like shit, dude. Like you're you're still kind of in a a really weird position depending on how cool your command is. Yeah. No. I'm also, you know, and it, it sucks that, you know, I'm still looking at this as through the, the 2022 lens, you know, uh, mm-hmm. California, I'm pretty progressive, but like the thought of like some officer, you know, he catches somebody at a bar, like a dude kissing a dude or a girl kissing like another girl and then something mm-hmm. compelled um, to like run that up the chain to get this oh yeah this discharge it, it, i mean that seems ridiculous to me as well like dude no shit in world war ii they had undercover like jags infiltrating quote-unquote like homosexual sex rings of navy sailors to get evidence on them to kick them out but they were having to do like all the shit that like they basically be hooking up with guys even though they were quote unquote undercover to get firsthand proof that these people were gay and then using that as testimony to get them kicked out during world war two. Like that happened all the time. Like you're like, cool. So you guys are still getting a blow job, but then you're going to make that dude go to prison. So it's kind of like neat. the South park episode. Exactly what I was about to say. <laughs> exactly. But it was like, I've got that's, a whole bag of evidence. <laughs> <laughs> get out of here. It's so ridiculous. It's wild. <laughs> I was only in these yeah. bathhouse. All right. Calm down, buddy. <laughs> Not to uh, make light of anything, but was it out. something that was dressed as a command wide thing, or was it just more addressed to individual sailors or dress addressed with individual sailors? <clears throat> um, like when I was in, it was individual sailors, but like mm-hmm. I have a, like my Navy mentor, she's like my Navy mom. She just retired after like 33 years. So she was a bosun mate chief 33 years and she, and she's gay as the day is long, truly. Um, but she's, she joined in the eighties. So she joined before don't ask, don't tell during the entirety of don't ask, don't tell. And then like 10 years after don't ask, don't tell. So like she <laughs> like, dude, I'm like, I cannot believe you stayed that long. And having to do this shit for 30 years, like, 
unbelievable. But yeah, I mean, so like, it was more of like, it was more of like you had to watch your back kind of a thing. Like the first, the first female master chief of a carrier, like the first CMC of a carrier, um, Kathy Hansen, she was a HT. She was a, she was a 12 year master chief, oh, which wow. is crazy. Yeah. And then she Especially was, she was, in, yeah, as an HT and she was in for 30 years. And, um, she, again, gay as the day is long. And like when she first got the CMC command, I think it was on the Reagan. I think it might've been the Reagan. She got called into triads office with the captain and XO. And they're like, basically like, we know you're gay. Keep that shit under lock because we don't want you to basically to bring discredit upon this ship. And she's like, I'm the first female master chief of a carrier. And it just completely ruined the entire experience because she knew that like they knew and that she also had to be like super like like she had to be sneaky about it, which sucks. So can can we talk about um don't ask, don't tell for a second yeah. and about how mm-hmm. crazy that idea and, and you guys know on the ship oh. you you knew who was gay. They oh, knew yeah. mm-hmm. oh, we yeah. knew we knew and we knew they knew that we knew. Yeah, every everybody didn't say anything. Like what a weird fucking environment that well, mostly because it really doesn't matter yeah yeah because i guess you know, large, yeah. like you know everybody I, is good you know like, there, there, were, there were yeah everybody i mean it was like you know but also keep in mind too that you know this was you know 2004 five you know whatever like at that point in time i feel that the wheels of acceptance i guess maybe were in motion or you know i mean mm-hmm. what what uh, I got out in 07. Uh, Adam, you got out in, what, 12. 10? 12? 12. So, I mean, it, it, Drew, 06. Josh, 06. Andy, 07. Uh, you know, I mean, three years, four years later, it was, you know, the whole thing was repealed. I mean, like, obviously, everybody was... Not everybody, I take that back. The majority of people probably at that point in time, I mean, you know, especially younger folks that, you know, I mean, the, the wheels of progress and acceptance were already in motion you know so i mean it's uh, well but it, back, back in like the 80s were like my, i have two neighbors that are that they're gay dudes bruce and jim i go to their parties and stuff uh <laughs> summer marie or whatever over at the place hmm. and i'm like if they've been, you know they're like oh we've been together like 30 years 35 years i'm like holy shit mm-hmm. like i could not imagine yeah. like I mean, that's the 80s was out of control. You know, I mean, the 2000s. Yeah, I mean, it it was it was, you know, I'm not I guess I can't really I don't want to try to downplay it, but it wasn't near as bad as 88, 92. And you also like and you factor in the AIDS epidemic. I mean, I mean, a homosexual man still can't I mean, a homosexual man still can't donate blood, even though they're not the highest like their demographic of gay men is no longer the highest demographic of people with HIV, but God knows they're the ones who know what their status is with HIV. Right. People just don't get tested for it. So, I mean, even like, you know, allowing, I mean, I get HIV draws every year. Like they have to test us for HIV. That was a huge concern, which is understandable. We lost what, like 30 million people worldwide, something like that. They give us so, those every year, right? In the Navy. I do them every year, every yeah. six months or something. Okay. Yeah. Cause everyone always being like free aid test. And, you know, that yeah, was exactly. like everybody said it. I mean, I wasn't original with my joke. Okay. Which is understandable. But now, you know, they, they changed it to where if you do have HIV, because like, especially like if you're on like the medications they have now, basically it's not transmissible or it's undetectable. 
Right. Um, so now people with HIV can now serve on ships. But again, like look back at like the late eighties and nineties, it was not a fun time to be a gay person in this country. So you have, and also like, you know, the military in general is a little bit more butch than the civilian world. You could, you could argue it's a same thing with like, we're, we're very much into our customs and traditions. And it's, it's so hard, especially for Navy to like, let go of the way that we do shit just because it's wrong and it's proven that it's wrong. And it's still very hard to like, let go of like that. Oh no, no, we can't have any gays. It's going to cause issues. It's like, really? Like, first of all, they're already here. Second of all, like the denying Americans who want to serve their country when they're fit and qualified to do so is just asinine. You know what I mean? Like that. You have to think that you have 6,000 people on a carrier and not one person likes or loves the person of the same sex. It's 6,000 people. I mean, like just strict numbers game alone. Yeah. I mean, you're losing that every time. Yeah. Well, and you look at the same the same argument being made about women being on a ship, like, oh, they're gonna be a distraction. It's like they're also doing the job and also like I don't know, like I, I get <laughs> I get really weird about uh people like, well, be these this one group of demographic of people are gonna be a distraction and fuck with morale. I'm like, well, in a position to be turning anyone away right now. Like Yeah. Also be a professional. How about that? Right. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, you, know, you can't do that in the Navy. Be professional. <laughs> and I gotta be on 365 days a year, seven seven days a week. No, sir. I know, Ann, that you had yes. mentioned you had made a comment about how cool or how maybe more liberal the command was. Did you get to experience uh things on either coast or was certain commands yeah. more liberal than others or did <laughs> I mean, was those were those rules just strictly zero tolerance followed, or did you find well, that some commands kind of were cool and as long as you did your job? So with my so so I get out of boot camp. It's 2011, or it's like February 2011, and again I still have a year of this policy, right? But I'm in, as you all know, FC ATT and FCA school are at Great Lakes. So, and then at the time, all of our C schools were backed up. So we had FCs on hold for like six months before they were even able to go out to C school. So like my class, like my group of guys who I basically went from boot camp to C school with, I was basically my first two straight years were with this one group of people. And, uh, so we had finished a school and we were just on hold. And it was actually during this time I met my wife and uh, who was a civilian and, and we met down in Chicago. Um, but I remember we were on hold. So we're like trying to fucking figure out shit to do. So because I don't like being unproductive, it's a personality flaw. flaw. Um, but I, uh, I joined the Sapper team and they allowed us to become Sapper VA. So I was on the Sapper team for that. And then can do you guys you, remember uh, CSAD? Can you explain Sapper for like Joe and the civilians so, then? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Sapper is basically a sexual assault awareness and prevention. So if you're a Sapper victim advocate, you are basically the person on call at a command who acts as a victim's advocate in the event that someone is sexually assaulted. So all those numbers that you see of like, if you are sexually assaulted, call this number. They put you in touch with the on-duty Sapper VA, the, the victim advocate. And then you're the one who helps walk them through the process of like getting medical care, getting therapy, 
Um, if they decide they want to do a report, you're the one who helps walk them through that process. And then you, you report up to the SARC, which is like the regional sexual assault coordinator who then reports up to Don Sapro, which is like the department of the Navy sapper head in DC. So normally they don't want you to be super low ranking because like, as like a seaman or an E3 or E4, um, just because like you haven't been in a whole long time, but like, they were also kind of desperate because it was great lakes and people were acting like a bunch of idiots. Um, so I was able to do that. And then I was also a part of CSAD. I don't know if you guys remember that program, but it was like this coalition of sailors against destructive decisions. It didn't, it was a, it was a mandated like peer mentorship group for the Navy that the Navy kind of made everyone do. And it was basically like trying to like give people the opportunity to just not go out and get tanked and make bad decisions. So we would put on like, you know, like for Halloween, we did like a zombie 5k where everyone dressed up as zombies and ran out of the runners. And we would do like, all these events. So like, that was what I did to kill time. So because I was in a position where when I was on hold, I was working in the main building where like the skipper of TSC Great Lakes was, I was able to meet the captain, Captain Peter Littner, who was total badass. He'd gone from an E1 to chief to an 06. So like he had done fucking every rank. He was like probably the best captain I ever had. And he was really cool. And he really cared a lot about his sailors so during this time, um, the repeal happened, officially got enacted in November 2011. And we're like, okay, cool. So now what do we do? And I have a friend of mine who um, at the time identified as a lesbian, but has since come out as a trans man. And he has a wife and two kids. But again, they couldn't get legally married, couldn't have the same benefits as everyone else. And he was trying to support them on an E3 salary with no BAH. Which is, I mean, if any any civilian listening, you don't make a whole lot of money as an E3 unless you're married, which is why we like, you know, like marriage, marriage. Oh my god. Like it's it's rough. I think I think I saw the other day that like like an enlisted person makes like twenty like a brand new, like straight out of the gates is like twenty three thousand a year or something. Yeah, that sounds about right. And, and then yeah. and as you, an E three, I mean you're only making like as you're jumping from E one to E two to E three, it's not like hundreds of dollars, hundreds of dollars, hundreds of dollars. Yeah. It's like like, okay. Well, and also like, and also like, you're not allowed to live out in town. Like when you're at TSC, you couldn't have your own car. Like there were all these things because a lot of people don't understand that about the military, about Navy life. They're like, Oh, you get, you know, free out, you know, like, no, 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 no. You have to, you have to spend, you either be married, spend so much time in, but until then you're making like $900 every two weeks. Yeah. Like you, you are meant to stay on base. Exactly. So, I mean, and that sucks. So my buddy who had been with his wife and they had two, I mean, at that that point they were like four or five, one just graduated this year. I'm like, I can't believe, you know, time is linear. Mm -hmm. Um, But he was so stressed out because they were always just fucking arguing about money. Like they were always so stressed. He was always like, I can't provide for my family. I just want to make sure they're okay. And I remember one night um, at TSC, they had that Sam Adams beer pub, whatever, that was right by the water. They had like this like brew pub on base. And we had all gone out drinking there. Like it was, I don't know if it was still there when you guys were there. Um, but uh, like we were basically hammered. We hammered on tequila. Should I really should send a thank you letter to Jose Corvo. Um, We go back to the barracks and he was, he had just got off the phone with his wife and uh, he was just so upset. And I was so drunk and we we're sitting in the barracks room. We're all in the same barracks. And uh, I was just like, dude, like there, like there has to be some elder gay who's figured this out. There has to be someone who has been in 
who knows the fucking red tape, how to get someone who you're not married to and not related to as your dependent. Like there has to be someone who's figured this shit out. Don Austin has been going on for fucking 20 years. Somebody's and I was like, it would just be so much yeah. easier if we had like a group that we could all just go to and share resources. And then it was like dead silent. And it was like the hair on my arm stood up and I'm like, that'd be a great idea. We should just start a gay group. And we just happened to know all the gay people. And I, uh, <laughs> so we're like, everyone was really excited about the idea. And because I was working in the sapper, one of our sapper VAs was a BMC. Who's my mentor and super gay. Like she's so gay. And she looks and she's super butch, like short hair, like, you know, rough and tumble fucking looks like a BM. lover. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> all you had to say is BMC. That's all you need to know. Um, but, uh, we basically asked her to be our mentor. And at that time I didn't realize that she was still like, she'd been in the closet for 20 years. So like, you know, here's these junior sailors asking, can you please help us? And she was like, fuck yeah. Like I'm here for it. So we set up a meeting with the skipper of TSC who again was this E1 to 06 dude, super great guy. We go in there and we had basically been working with the legal department to basically draft like charter bylaws instruction because this thing had never existed before. So how do you write a Navy instruction for a group that has never existed? Well, we went out to like PFLAG and all these civilian gay straight alliances because we wanted it to be a gay straight alliance. We didn't want it to just be just for the gays. We want to make sure it's open for everybody. And we basically meshed these, these civilian charters with Navy instruction. So we go in there, we walk into his office. There's a group of us. And he was just like, I'm just so mad that like it had to be you guys doing this and that my guys or I didn't figure to do this before. Like that was his only thing. He's like, I just wish it didn't have to fall on a bunch of E3s and E4s to come up with this. And but he was he was so all about it. He was so excited. And uh, he immediately signed the charter. And of course, as soon as he signed it, everyone started freaking the fuck out about it because it, it just the repeal just happened. It was still a really big news story. And now all of a sudden they have a gay straight alliance that's officially chartered on a base. So if it's officially chartered, it's allowed to happen on base. It's command sponsored as opposed to like, you know, anything else that's off base, like all the other veterans, gay groups were not allowed to operate on base. This was an officially sanctioned command group, like a, like a first class association or whatever. So news got out. And all of a sudden, like the media blows up, like Chicago Tribune, New York Times, AP, Navy Times, like all this shit. And, um, you know, we have all these, we have all these, um, you know, interviews, we have all these, you know, events with like veterans, like we had this like World War II veteran who was super gay, came out and spoke with us. And um, eventually I get sent to uh, to San Diego for C-School, for, uh, for CWIS. And uh, it was like, no, granted, this this group has only been in existence since February of 2012. By May, I was in San Diego. I get a phone call from my chief. And she's like, dude, are you sitting down? I'm like, why the fuck would I be sitting down? I'm, at, I'm in class. What's going on? She's like, I need you to sit down. I'm like, I, what's, what's, what happened? This is the, she said the White the House. BMC is- calling you? My BMC, yeah. Okay. She's like, the White House contacted Great Lakes. And they want a representative from Glass to go to the official June Pride Month at the White House as like an official military representative of gay people, basically. <laughs> and so I sit down. I'm like, what? 
what are you saying? What are you telling me? Like, what, what does this mean? She's like, the White House wants you to go to the White House in uniform and be the first official Navy representative of gay sailors during the official June Pride Month event. And I was like, holy shit. I was like, this organization has been around for four months. I have been in the Navy a year and a half, not even a year and change. And I am an E, I'm an E5, I'm a push button or not an E5. I'm a, excuse me. I'm an E4. I was a push button in school. Haven't even gotten to my ship yet. And she's like, you get a plus one. And, you know, obviously I was dating my wife and I was like, I'm like, do chief, I need you to come with me. And she's like, I think this is for Jen to come with you. I'm like, no, no, no. You're like, you, you put yourself out there to help us. Like you've been in the Navy for 20 years. I need you to come with me. Like, I need you to be there. And so she went from being in the closet for 20 years in the Navy to being in dress whites at the White House within, again, six months. So like, it was such a huge, <laughs> so you, so you ask about like, were people liberal or cool? It's like, it wasn't liberal or conservative. It was command leadership actually giving a shit and allowing people with a good idea to go with it and support them when we got pushback. Like that's how that first chapter started. So can we pause? You know, for a is, <laughs> I got a bunch of thoughts. <laughs> right. I've been writing down some thoughts too, that I want to hit up uh, at the, at the, I think that my questions are more, after the, uh, are you, you're probably going to edit most of this out, I'm assuming, but uh, I've got questions that I want to ask uh, pre White House visit that have nothing to do with uh, sexuality whatsoever. Okay. Just <laughs> other things that, yeah, yeah, just, I, I, I just want to be left out of this because I've got really serious questions. <laughs> yeah, uh, for sure. First, and again, feel free to ask whatever. Like, I, this is a teaching oh, yeah. moment. Like, don't feel like you're going to insult, like, just, Feel free to ask whatever. Oh, no, no, no. Most of my stuff is uh, naval-related versus, okay. <laughs> versus the right, go first. Go conversation. First. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, first of all, Elder Gay is fucking hilarious. Oh, dude, I about shit. I should have wrote that down. <laughs> because I feel like I should get to say that sometimes. But I dude, don't you see, it, you see how much gray hair I have? I am now an Elder Gay. Like, you see this shit? You see how much fucking gray I have? I was full brunette. I, well, I, well, the thing is, I, I'm kind of nervous about using the word elder gay because it's almost uh, on the same line of like, well, I have a black friend. And so I don't want to be that guy. And it'll be like, well, the elder gay told me that. And then another gay guy's like, I don't know who you know, if you were If you were to tell someone that an elder gay said something, go for it. That'd be funny as fuck. Like, all right. All right. All right. You got to pass. Yeah, I, can't, I cannot wait to see my neighbors. <laughs> yeah, and, if, and if they're like, what the fuck? You say, that's how she identifies. <laughs> uh, what, what was really funny uh, I actually uh, went on kind of a weird like uh, bar tour around the, uh, the, the bars of my house and the, my, my gay neighbors tie into this and uh, I went to the uh, little uh, shithole bar down the street that I know that they go to on Saturdays and, mm. uh, and there's like 12 people that go to this bar like all, all like, on the street I live in basically, I live on basically and I saw them in there and uh, they always they always like, try to like see how far they can push like my buttons or whatever. Like they'll say like shit that I, that's like uncomfortable, but then I just like kind of like play along with it. And uh, on Saturday, uh, last Saturday, in fact, and please Adam edit this out because I'm going to say something that's very offensive. Uh, <laughs> they had said something that uh, the, the, uh, the, the, the 
uh, one of the, they're Bruce and Jim. Bruce is the more outspoken of the two. And he was like, oh, what? Uh, did you and Andy, Andy's my roommate. He's like, did you just tell your uh, friends that you live next door to a couple of And I said, Bruce, I would never talk like that. We don't talk like that in this house. I tell my friends that I live next door to a couple of old queens. <laughs> and <laughs> and I'm not gonna lie, I think that like they might have they might thought that was the funniest shit they'd ever heard their whole life. <laughs> like I was really I was really happy of like how like, quick I was with like a gay joke, but definitely playing the gay uh, 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 card like right back in their face. It was like tennis right. almost. <laughs> and uh, Jim, the one he's the, he never talks. He's he's quiet. And, kind of standoffish <clears throat> about fell out of that bar scene. We were all hammered at this point <laughs> time anyway, so it really didn't matter. But yeah, it was, it was, it, I was really proud of myself. I've been waiting to tell this story to somebody else. I bet because I can't tell it at work because everyone's like, I don't know where's the jam. I don't know you and your roommate. You got, you're yeah. an idiot anyway, Joe, you suck. But this is a perfect uh, opportunity for me to tell that joke. And uh, like, uh, yeah. Like, yeah, it was awesome. Just, <laughs> I'm really proud of myself so quick. Sound like anyway, it. I, yeah, yeah you really did a great jazz. job. And I, I think it goes off. a long way knowing it, jokes about gay people, especially two gay people, go a long way when you know there's no ill intent behind them. So, like, go figure. <laughs> so, the fact that they trust you and have that relationship with you, I think, speaks a lot to you and your relationship with them as a, like a person. So, like, good on you. Yeah, that was that was good shit. Let me. Can I just finish off my thoughts really quick? Yeah, yeah. Um. I just want to like shout out to your BMC and your skipper for like fucking being humans. Cause that's pretty dope. And like assisting you. Oh yeah. And then like, I'm, I, and I want the rest of you guys to put, put yourselves, go, go back to a school. Like you guys were checking out Xboxes at the, <laughs> the Liberty center while Anne was doing like some fucking crazy ass shit. Like, can you believe it? I mean, to, to be fair, though, like for me, I didn't think I didn't realize what a big deal it was because it just didn't make any sense that it would be a big deal. And then seeing everyone's reaction to when we actually got it done. So, like, I didn't I didn't go into it thinking I was going to be this like flag waving. Yeah. SJW, you know, Vanguard bullshit. I had no idea. I was just like, this is fucked up. Why don't we have this? Yeah, what you were just, just trying to solve a, a local problem with with the y'all's local and it just what happened was realistic that expectation. Sorry, Josh. It, it fit the yeah. whole Navy. It was just it. Yeah. But I think I think a lot of things happen that way. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. What was your realistic expectation when you first right. thought of this? Like when you sobered up and then you reflected back? I mean, I think that my my initial I I had no if you had told me 10 years ago in that barracks room. That like not even the Washington bit, but like the fact that we're on every carrier, we're on five different countries, we've got we, it's it's military wide, it's you know all these things. Like I would never, I would be like, what the fuck are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Like it, I had no idea how important this would be for the people it was important to. But honestly, I was just like, dude, my buddy Duncan just needs to figure out how to get his family on his record. Yeah, true. Yeah. That's all it was. Like that was the whole thing. And then simple once, as that. Yeah. Simple as that. And then once everyone really started, especially people who had been in for a while, because again, all my friends and I, we'd only been in the Navy for less than a year. So it was like, all right, well, 
this is, it seems to be really important for a lot of people. And again, like I had just started dating my wife. There was a couple times when like Jen forgot their fucking uh, driver's license when they came to sign me out. And then I got pulled in like, who is Jennifer Guyman? And I was like, fuck. Oh no. Cause I can't be like, this is smoking hot, you know, person I'm banging. No, I couldn't say that shit. You know, it could be, oh, this is the person I'm dating, you know? So I was like, oh shit, you know, what am I going to do? So, you know, think of like a relationship where you're young, you're in love, everything is fantastic. And you just can't do, you can't say anything about it. And like, I remember there was a 4th of July before the repeal happened. And at Great Lakes, they do this big, like, 4th of July thing where, I don't know if you guys were there in July, where it's, like, the fireworks and you got vendors and it's, like, open to the public. And, like, I remember just sitting there and we're sitting next to each other. And Jen kept on scooting closer to me and I had to keep scooting close, like, farther away because we couldn't be, like, cuddling. And I looked over at, like, all these other sailors and they've got their kids and their families and their girlfriends. And I just thought, like, how fucking unfair because here I was, we were all doing the exact same fucking job. We were, you know, we signed the exact same shit. And here Jen was driving an hour and a half each way to hang out with me and couldn't even hold my hand. Like, you know, so, I mean, I just, I just was so indignant because again, like when I came out of the closet, I was never in a closet. Like I was never raised that being gay was a bad thing. And I never felt like I needed to hide who I was. So when I came out at 18, you know, I had been incredibly out and open about who I was in my orientation since I was, I joined in 24. So six years, seven years of just doing whatever the fuck I wanted and not having anyone in my life say it was a bad thing. And then all of a sudden I'm sitting in this environment that's very rigid and structured. And now I'm with someone who I deeply care about and I can't, I can't show that I can't reciprocate that. So that was fucked. I mean, like that was such a weird place to be. And it just made me angry. And so the more angry I got and resentful, the more time we started putting into the chapter in the group mm-hmm. and the more people got excited about it. And it kind of just gave me fuel to just want to like mm-hmm. do more with it and do more with it and do more with it until it became what it became, you know? So was it was just, it was a really about the whole situation about you knew, you knew you being in the military and her being civilian and, you know, her not being on the same, obviously under some, you know, regulations. It was hard because like Jen was 19 when we met and I recognized that almost makes me a cradle robber, <laughs> but not quite. But, uh, but also Jen, Jen came out when they were like 13 mm. and again, had never had to really be, I mean, like a ton of people on Jen's side are super queer, like gay cousins, trans cousins, like, you know, the whole, the whole, you know, spectrum of, of people on their side. And, uh, I was just like, you know, so also having to put Jen in a closet who had never had to be in a closet before mm-hmm. was also really unfair, especially for a new relationship. And I, I mean, Jen and I've been together for almost 12 years and, you know, doing that at the beginning of your relationship and then having to do distance because Jen was getting their undergrad in Chicago. I got stationed in San Diego and Jen just got their PhD. So Jen's been in Colorado this whole fucking time for grad school while I was in San Diego. So I mean, having to deal with all the same shit, having to deal with deployment, having to deal with all the normal things that military spouses have to deal with. And then on top of that, being in a closet at the beginning, distance, and then having to go through all these other policies like DOMA, equal opportunity, all that other nonsense, Jen had to go through it with me and didn't necessarily have the support that other straight people would have had. 
So yeah, I mean, it sucked. Like it, I mean, there's no ways about it. It fucking sucked. But Jen was also enough of a person to be like, this is fucked up. I support you, honey. Do what you got to do. Like, <laughs> like you know, to fuck with the system. Well, I was just do it. Just about you got, I'm, I'm right behind you. Like, you know, whatever you want to do, then, there. you know. <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. So, I mean, that was, you know, and I think like that was, you know, this group has gone beyond any expectation I could have ever had for it in part because I don't run it anymore. It's run by the people who want to do these groups. Like, I don't, I don't go up to a command and be like, hello, do you want to, would you like, I'm not like Avon ladying this, this chapter to people, you know, like, can I interest you in a nice pastel assortment of gay groups? You know what I mean? Like, I'm not doing that shit, but you know, the fact that it's self-sufficient, the fact that it keeps growing and there's still interest in, there's still, obviously, if you read the news nowadays, there's still plenty of reasons why we need to have groups like this. Like, yeah. I have, I have two more thoughts now. First Do of it. all, like, if, like, for speaking to you for, like, you know, 20 minutes or whatever, and I, if I had to guess your rate, I would assume FC, because you're, you're you're witty and clever. Um, and number two, I just want to shout you out because like, uh, for taking your BMC to the white house, like after 20 years of being in the closet or whatever, like I bet, yeah. oh, man, I'm, that gave me goosebumps. And uh, like, I bet you, I hope that was a special moment for her. Oh yeah. Yeah. She, uh, she retired this year and I flew out to Norfolk to be there. Like I was one of her, um, her fucking flag side boys. people. Yeah. Yeah. So I want side boys and, um, yeah. And even like in her, her speech at the end, like, you know, she's, you know, 30 year, 33 year BMC. And she still talked about it, how that was such a pivotal moment, not only in her career, because she's also from Georgia. Like she's yeah. from the South, like the South South. And she, you know, you know, that how I didn't, and again, like I had no idea how big of an impact it was for her to be able to do that. And then of course, like she gets on her carrier and she starts their chapter there and she, you know, protects them from the bullshit that was happening on that ship. And, you know, just doing all that, you know, other kitty this cat's trying to eat my plant. Get out of there. All right. Thank you. Yeah. I turn um, over the rest of the questions to you. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. So the, the, the stuff that I, I have uh, uh, jotted down here, um, I'm going to try to keep the conversation going the direction that we've already been going. Uh, so we've got you, uh, started this, this organization and then you get called to, uh, go to the first pride celebration at the white house, uh, mm-hmm. as, as the founder of glass, mm-hmm. uh, again, glass stands for, can you- oh yeah. So glass originally s- the acronym, cause we love acronyms is gay, mm-hmm. lesbian and supporting sailors. And then it went to multiple branches. Now it's gay, lesbian, and supportive service members. And it's funny because now people are like, that's not an inclusive name. We should change it. And everyone's like, are you going to be mad that they're changing the name? I'm like, I give two fucks. No. Change whatever name. Make it glisten. Make it prism. Make it whatever. Like, I don't care. Would you like a charter and bylaws? Like, you know, so it's, it's the name changes, the mission and the, the framework remains the same. And honestly, like, depending on the command, I'm like, the the way that it's written that it's it's very easy it's very malleable you're able to change it to fit what your command wants and what your sailors need but at the end of the day it is a resource place it is a place for community and outreach and education like that's the main purpose of the group so yeah so glass as a name 
can be different names depending on the command, but right. it's the so same. Yeah. The, the glass that you originally were involved in, uh, that you started, that you were a founding member of Elder Day, <laughs> uh, that's everywhere now. That's what? That's everywhere now. Are you, can you it's, hear me? Yes, yeah, so you broke up a little bit. It's across yeah. all branches. Is he it's, asking? It's yeah, it's across all branches. Yeah. Okay, so it's, yeah. it's that is that is splintered off to every single branch. That that particular thing that the, the thing you mm-hmm. have started is everywhere. Mm-hmm. That yeah, is, we've got. That's we've why. got. It's all services. Yeah, it's all service branches. It's at every. I think it's at every Navy hospital. It's on every carrier. We've got a bunch of chapters in Japan, Bahrain, Gitmo. I was laughing my ass off when we got Bahrain. I'm like, you're, it, homosexuality is illegal in this part of the world, and we have a fucking glass chapter. Fantastic. Like, that was just like That's, a mwah, beautiful. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, like, every, almost every base has at least, and the thing is, like, the chapters are only as active as the people who want to participate. So, like, sometimes people will start a chapter, and then, like, the gung ho person transfers, and then the chapter kind of fizzles out, but then they can restart it. So I have a lot of people coming up like, hey, we had an old glass chapter. We want to revamp it. How do I do that? So like that, that's half of the time that I spend with people trying to get their chapters started is to get them revamped. So people will be like at a command and transfer. They're like, oh, I want this at my command. I want to get this charter bylaws. I want to like, it's very much a, 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 a fluid thing. But yes, like we've, we're on, so Japan, Bahrain, Gitmo, U.S., everywhere. Um, oh, and also Guam. So, yeah. Nice, 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 nice. Okay. Are you ready for the next step? <laughs> um, so you go to the White House. Mm-hmm. Uh, you go to the White House or just like the lawn? No, in the White House, like in their reception awesome. room. Yeah. Can, yeah. All right. I, I may try to look you up on YouTube or Google or something because, I mean, you had to have been on video. I'm not that I'm not that I'm fact-checking. I don't, I don't really... I mean, oh, no, you're fine. Look for Ann Foster, F-O-S-T-E-R, because Guyman is my married yeah. name. So it'll be Ann Foster, but yes. Okay. No, that, that that's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, let me tell you Did what. you wear uh, your cotton white, a uh, working white uniform or your... <laughs> You're Dude, nice. Dress white. All of my stuff. I have oh, some worked out, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting to that. Um, all right, so uh, you get this full. Yeah, I definitely want to see. I just want to see you see uh, you know, a person in a you know, almost. A, I mean, it is a historical picture. I'm assuming. Some, What's up? Some, sorry. It, am I having a problem? Yeah, sorry. I think it might just be my connection. It's a little. It's a little choppy. So I'm trying to like. Okay, I'm sorry. What you're saying. Um, no, you're good. So uh, uh, I want—I definitely want to see your picture. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Uh, actually, I'll send it. I'll send it to Adam real quick. It'd be cool if I saw. Like, it I have like a picture. Google. I have a picture of me and Chief together at the White House, which nice. is pretty fun. Uh, so you wore your dress whites. Mm-hmm. Who cleaned those? <laughs> In the what? Sorry, I wore my dress whites and. Who cleaned those? Who cleaned those? Yeah, did you Fuck take I? them somewhere or did you do them yourself? 
I did it my fucking self. You know what I was doing? I was stealing napkins at the White House because they've got the presidential seal on. Oh, them. nice. So I'm shoving, I'm shoving cocktail napkins in my pockets, trying to make it not obvious. And, B, and Dina was like, what the fuck are you doing? I'm like, we're in the White House and there's like presidential monogram cocktail taking, napkins. I'm, I'm taking, taking silverware. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> you know, like uh, I'm like, there's no fucking way I'm not taking. If you if you took your uniform base or uh, outside of base to get cleaned, or if you just uh, did your your creases yourself, this is very so, this is very important because you're still in A school at this. Point. Exactly, exactly. No, you're not even you're not even beaten down by the rest of the navy. Yeah, literally, I have two little I have two little ribbons and one little chevron. I look like such a fucking boot. Um, like, no, but like I had, to, and I was, I was terrified. I was terrified because I had to carry my whites with me from San Diego to DC. So when I get there, they're all wrinkly because the, like the garment bag did fuck all to protect them. Yeah. So I was like, shit. So I'm desperately trying to not Fair melt well. my whites, which I've done before a cell yeah. in the quarterboard. It's hard straight not to. Through once. Well, yeah, it's like, fuck. So I was literally having to try and re iron and recrease everything. You're, so at this point, you're not getting paid. You're probably not getting paid for E4. Did you did you chalk off the money to get the chloroform shoes, or are you still spit shining your boots? <laughs> oh, I was still like spitting, spitting and lighting them on fire and shit. No, yeah, I did not do chloroforms. We're just painting the White House picture right now. <laughs> oh yeah, no. I'm, just, was, I'm um, just trying to I'm trying to get in the mindset of a of a young sailor well, you know out actually- there that's going to like eh, arguably the biggest thing that yeah my feeble little tiny mind could ever comprehend i i felt so out of place so like i'm you know i'm junior enlisted and they gave me orders to dc to go so they put me up at like god what was it it was like not the it was like the the ritz they put me up at the fucking ritz carlton because you could have you know i don't know if you like the the last time you did yeah you're you're allowed to have a certain amount for lodging and so because i had no idea what to do they're like oh well you're allowed to you know like a what are 400 bucks a night and I was only there for two days. And so the guy who was doing my orders, he was like, I'm going to get you the most expensive hotel room we can possibly get you. It is at the fucking Ritz. And Poor so guy. here I am again, just been in the Navy. And I, you know, my, my social economic status, my SES is not one to be going to the fucking Ritz Carlton. So I'm at this crazy fancy hotel with a really nice bar on orders. And I'm like, I feel so completely out of place. Like I felt like the help, like, I was like, what? Like, I feel like I should be cleaning tables. Like, can I and order a we- or, or <laughs> hopefully oh, your yeah, BNC no, I- paid for some drinks. <laughs> she did. But I also had like this, like, like the, the travel, the, the credit card, the GTCC. Yeah. And again, I had never had one before. So they're like, Oh yeah, you're allotted like however much a night. I'm like, cool. So we're doing like, fancy ass cocktails in the bar. I had no idea what I was doing. I was like, this sounds great. So I was just trying to take my BMC's lead because she's also like kind of a quiet reserved person, but she's like, we're, we're taking pictures in every room and we're doing selfies. And she's like, stop stealing napkins. And, <laughs> and uh, we finally get in and Obama comes in, you know, and he's doing like, you know, the, the legend. Yeah. So he, uh, so, you know, we're, we're shaking hands and he's talking to everybody and we get, everyone gets these like really nicely printed out like proclamations, like his speech that he does, like they do a proclamation every year. And so it's like, you know, gilded frame around. It's super nice. And like, I have nowhere to put it. So I like roll it up <laughs> to try and get it in my bag. And chief is like, what the fuck are you doing? I'm like, I have no place to put this. I'm not going to carry around a piece of paper like this the entire time. She's like, you just rolled up the presidential proclamation that you got at the white house. And I was like, I'm sure we can flatten it later. It'll be. F- 
Jesus. Bit of buff out. <laughs> you stick it in between two blue jacket manuals. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, exactly. BMR or something, yeah. I'm just going to keep on rolling here. Uh, my friend, uh, our friend, Joshua Cole, he just sent me uh, an article, and you're definitely in there. Your face. With Chief. With Chief. With, with the Chief. With the Chief. With the Chief. Which uh, which which uh, article was it from? Um, oh, Windy shit. City Times, I guess is what it looks oh, like. Oh, Windy it. City Times. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. The, Windy City Times is a gay newspaper in Chicago, which were the first people to pick up on the story. And then after that, it was like uh, Chicago Tribune, New York Times, all that other shit. And um, but yeah, they were. Yeah, like they were, they were pretty great, and they did a, they actually did a like a documentary, like really gonna like a thing about it, like they did our interviews and shit like that, and uh, yeah, but it was like the first, like the first people who picked up on the story was oh, cool, 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 cool. Uh, yeah, I just want to say that yeah, yeah, Josh shared that with me, and uh, so I totally saw you when you were twenty four years old. Yes, when I was, but a wee and, thing. Yeah, just a question. Just a, it's, it's a wee thing. I just saw your picture, and I have a question now. Yes. This this neckerchief that you're wearing and you're dressed by uniform. Hold on, did I got that. Yes. Did that did this neckerchief become your inspection ready neckerchief or your court officer of the debt or petty officer of the watch neckerchief? I have only ever had one neckerchief. I've been Whoa. in the Navy for twelve years. And it's still the same one because I refuse to you're learn how to tie it again. Ever? I'm just Why like Why would you do that? I just yeah, it up. I, I feel like you had two neckerchiefs. One was your inspection-ready neckerchief, and one was your your uh, quarter deck petty officer of the watch we, neckerchief. Well, like whenever we stood petty officer of the watch, we only ever did it in like the uh-huh. the blueberries. Like we never had to stand it in dress uniform. Mm. Oh right, right. So yeah, so yeah, no. This one, I'm pretty sure I still have that exact same neckerchief, and those are still the original ribbons. I just keep adding them to my rack. Call them yeah. the blueberries. <laughs> They're called the blueberries. Nice. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, yeah no, it was um, blueberries. What? Blueberries. The end, the end of yeah, the blue digis. Used. Okay, we were, yeah. we were out before that. Yeah, because yeah, you guys were in the um, the the dungarees, yeah, yeah. Utilities, yeah. Post dungarees before yeah. blueberries, yeah. Back when You're the name was really tough. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Right, yeah, now we so, got the, the green, the woodlands. Um, I want to uh, kind of veer off of, I guess, what, you know, everybody wants to talk to you about. This, uh, what you started and the legacy and all that. Uh, I want to go back further. All right. Um, what year did you graduate high school? What's my what past? <clears throat> what year did you graduate high school? Oh, I graduated in 04. Okay, 2004. And uh, so you spent a long time not being in the Navy before yeah. you joined. All right, so mm-hmm. age 24, you decided to go to winter boot camp? Mm-hmm. Shit Why? fucking sucked. That was because I was homeless. I didn't oh. have a job. Okay, like, no, I was no, like, no, I joined. No. All right, there's, there's there are levels of homelessness. Um, yeah, <laughs> I've lived with my parents at the age of, mm, let's see, I'm 30, I'm 39 right now at the age of, mm-hmm. of, of, of probably 33. I lived with my parents for about three, four months. Mm-hmm. I don't consider myself homeless. 
Now, if I lived in my car for three or four months, I'm homeless. How homeless were you? Yeah. I was uh, car and crashing on friends' couches. Okay. Okay, so yeah, I was. I would never. The, I never had the worst level. Okay, not the no, worst no, no, level. No, 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 not possible. not by any stretch. But you just, know, and I, I know some people who like lived on like park benches. Like I was not park bench homeless. I was you're car not crazy person and, homeless. Just yeah, yet. and 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 you know, I was I was the kindness of friends and okay. uh and car until so it was. I signed the paper in October. And then I left in December. So yeah, and that was the year of like the snowpocalypse where like the snow, like the, like the, the sign of Wrigley Field got blown off. Yeah. And like, so we were like, that was my, <laughs> that was my boot camp experience. Did the Navy ever recognize, recognize what you had started or what you had done besides the, besides Obama going to the White House and the hey, Navy officially? Uh, I'm in some boot camp oh, stuff right now. We'll get back to well, the, big, the big stuff. <laughs> so apart, I mean, apart from like doing like a bunch of like, I did like, I spoke at like pride months. Like I spoke at like Navy region, Southwest pride kind of a thing. Like I did like, you know, all these, these pride month public speaking things, but no, like I never even, like I put it like in my evals, but like, no, not a, no, they, um, they wanted me to do a, uh, or a real eval bullet point. As they yeah. Say. So I remember when I was, uh, when I was leaving my ship on Milius in 16, there were my, my divo wanted to put me in for a comm for it. And then my weps was like, we don't give anyone E6 and below a comm for anything. And then my divo was like, well, what about two NAMs? One is a exit NAM and one for a glass NAM. And he basically tried to like smush them together. And so mm-hmm. my end of tour award doesn't need, like when you read it, it literally does not make any sense. Like the way that it is written Look like they had two awards that they just kind of copied and pasted at weird points and just stuck in one award. So they, yeah, I was like, that's super neat. I mean, I was like, whatever. I mean, but honestly, at the same time, like, it, I didn't do it for the right the medals, the, right? You know? But like, I was I just curious. You know. Well, oh, yeah. now you're on the Average Edge podcast, and I think we're going to be kind of put into that, like, you know, vault library thing here shortly. Uh, what do they call that? The uh, Grand Archives or something? Oh yeah. So you you'll live forever, <laughs> right? Um, <laughs> all right. So uh, you went to winter boot camp, which is absolutely fucking bonkers. I can only imagine how much snow you shoveled. It's <laughs> so stupid. It makes me angry. Uh, so you went to uh, after boot camp. You go to uh, Great Lakes, obviously, and uh, you do AECFs. You do your blah blah blahs. After Tech Corps, mm-hmm. where were you ranked? In, where were you ranked in your class for uh, uh, Tech? You were number one. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Yep. That's yep. That you're well. You're 24 years old. <laughs> you're, you take things very seriously at this age. I did not. I, as I said, like I, uh, I, I'm a good test taker again. Yeah, we have, and of course, it was like by class rank. It was your pick on orders. So our, our command, like at, at C school, like, cause again, we'd all been together for two years. Like, I mean, half the people in my, I was a top my C school class. After you oh yeah. Even in tech core, I was still number one in tech core. Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah. All right. So, so you're, you're, and to all of the viewers and listeners or whatever, uh, being an FC is not like the smartest job ever in the Navy, but it's probably like top one. Whoa. Five? It's top tier. Top three. 
Yeah. Top three. Yeah, I think it's your top five. Uh, yeah. I do not consider myself a big brain at all. Mostly because I finish relatively bottom of the bottom half of everything that I've ever well, done. The clean the brain. You weren't a spy uh, tech, you know? So, which is good, which is good for me as an I mean, FCS guy. Uh, so, 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 and yeah, you're you're a big brain. Then you've always been smart. You you must have had a great time in high school, like just like blown through everything. I mean, you're you're you're, you're, you're you, you have to be an intelligent person to do be number one in coming out of tech or and number one coming out of A school. I think have- I was in the top, I was top three in A school and I was number one on C school. Did you choose? So yeah, so, but we were, we were also really competitive. Like we were, right. my group was super competitive. And so about you, it. You, at Tech Core, you chose, and you chose number one and you said, I'm going to get FC. You did said you C, yeah. FC or ET? Did you have the choice between ET and FC or did you know you're going no. to FC all? No, I think it was by um, if you had a higher mechanical score on your ASVAB, you went FC. Mm-hmm. And if you had a higher, I think, math score, you went yeah, ET. Because that's the, so that's now the, they, they, they separate you. Is that where it happens? Yeah. Yeah. Did, like did you when guys I, know that? we did ATT as everybody. And then mm-hmm. after ATT, that's when they divvied everyone up ETFC. Um, and I'm pretty sure it was based on ASVAB. Okay. Like your mechanical so compensation. What's, what's ATT? Advanced technical training. Advanced technical training. So it's like where you learn about like F, like DC and AC wiring and how electricity works. Oh, I, I mean, I know what DC and AC wiring is. I'm an FC2. Yeah, but Maria, <laughs> and also, we went to I was that. an FC2. <laughs> but, but no, um, I always, was, was that, was it called that back then too? Or was it tech core? Yeah. Kind of yeah. technical training? Yeah, it's oh, tech, tech core. core. Yeah. 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 So it now, now it's a kind of technical training. Okay. Hardcore tech core. Hardcore tech. God damn it. Yeah. Uh, so, and, uh, and so then out of tech core, you don't get to choose FC or ET anymore. Mm-hmm. Okay. We, we got to choose. Oh, got you. If we so, did, good enough. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I still would, I still would have chosen FC any day of the week. FC There's day. no way I want to be well, Most of did not get to choose, but I'm glad I didn't. And I got FC. <laughs> oh, oh, for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I don't think I could handle ET. Um, so after you went to FCA school, uh, FCA school was also in Great Lakes at this time, correct? Mm-hmm. All right, all right. I'm, I'm marking my my notes off here as we go along. And then Thanks. after, so you have you have first pick or first top three out of A school. Top three out of A school. They just lumped us. So we didn't get to ch- we didn't get to choose what kind of FC we were going to be. It was based solely on what was available for. Billings. So my entire uh, class in A school all became CWIS techs. Oh. Because that was the oh, only school that was available. So me. half of us went to Virginia and half of us went to San Diego. So that's I had, what, that's what my next question was was I did was was CWIS school and even an option in San Diego when we were when we were coming up, guys? I so, think so. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, because they it's the main school now I for CWIS. Was, like CWIS and five inch. Not Dahlgren, uh Damnick? Damnick, yeah. Yes, he was. Yeah. I, I thought that's where yeah. all C was text, so it was Damnick. No, I think it was still split no. back. Was Might it? depend. They yeah. probably try to. And so they them. went, they couldn't have gone strictly by billets. I mean, I, mean, I, I believe you. I'm just, I, I mean, I'm just kind of like floored that they would just go by an entire class of 20 has to be C was text. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. I don't like that. We idea. had we had two we had two guys go quad ball, which was crazy because they went on a pre com, 
and they desperately what, what, I think it was the USS squad ball. Right. So, zero. I, remember, I remember the term. All zero. So, so yes, yeah, so you don't get any NEC. You don't get a, a FC specific one because they needed people on the Anchorage. And so you basically went as a, just a blanket quad ball FC to the Anchorage. And then they found out from there what kind of FCs they needed and they sent them. That's school. right. I remember, I remember people being like, do we know any? I know that we said those names. I knew we were quad ball before, but uh, Donald Cook guys, we didn't, do we have any? No, nah, I don't think so. No, it was pretty rare. Like, I know, like, again, like, out of our entire, like, you know, group of people who went through, only two made quad, were quad ball. Right. So, yeah. So, we were overmanned. We were overmanned at that point. Mm-hmm. Oh, dude, it was crazy. Uh, yeah. So, you go to Seaweed School, you go to San Diego. Mm-hmm. We may All have been right. overmanned, but I sure stood a lot of watch. That's why we didn't have any advancement. Three <laughs> percent, right? Um, all right. right. So, right. Uh, after you go to uh, you go to, you end up going to C with C, C school, and then you're number one in your class. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so because get, I was number one, I got first pick of orders. Yeah. First pick of orders, cool. And yeah. you chose what ship? You never, we never even said the ship you were on. So, yeah, so I uh, I wanted a small boy out of San Diego, so nice. it, I ended up choosing uh, USS Milius, DDG-69. So they're now nice. home port shifted to, I know, right? It was funny, too, because I walked in, and it was I like, say nice <laughs> oh, you have to, you have to yeah, say nice, but like, uh, you walked in, and all the, all the billet options were on the board, and it was like for male, female, or just for male billets. And it was actually really cool because we'd all been together since boot camp. So we all were really close. And I think the, the, the detailer who was there um, saw like how tight knit we were. And we had one guy who had a kid and his family was in Florida. And so we're like, listen, regardless of his class rank, he gets Mayport. Mm-hmm. Like no matter what, no one's going to choose Mayport. That's, that's his. And yeah, I think they were always- so floored by the- yeah, so like I think they were so sh- like shocked by the fact that we did that that everyone got at least the coast they wanted. So everyone who wanted Virginia, everyone who wanted San Diego, everyone who wanted Japan got those orders. Mm. So I wanted a small boy in San Diego, so I picked USS Milius, DDG six nine, and then yeah, I nice, nice, yeah. Right now, I want to say nice. yeah, <laughs> but they said um, all right, very cool. So you were small boy Navy. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. destroyer. That's awesome. Always. That's I mean, especially awesome. like because I didn't want to go to a ship where like being an FC wasn't a big like. If you're on a carrier, it's like AOs are the big fucking deal because mm-hmm. they're the ones you know like doing ordnance. Yeah. But like on a small boy, like especially with SeaWiz, like SeaWiz is one of those more like you know it's more it's fun to see to shoot, it's fun to work on. Now, have you, and, you know, seen being in CG? Uh, have you like, seen Top Gun Maverick? Ah, uh, yeah. Awesome. I think everyone here has too, right? Yeah. Except with the yeah. exception of probably Josh. I, I, Josh I started not... cheering. I started cheering when the tomahawks were launched. Yeah. Like I like I was pretty Off I was pretty jazzed in the movie. Yeah. And then there were like all the fucking tomahawks and I was like, yeah. The late like, golf, like, like, yeah. I'm, I'm act, I was acting stupid. I definitely was. I definitely was. Uh, yeah. of course my argument was like if they had tomahawks, why didn't they just shoot it at the target to begin with? But I, Right, Adam. Uh, Come on. Yeah. They're made for good movies. They're made for good movies. Yeah, Tom Hawk's a spin belief. Tom Hawk's goes subsonic, and there's surface-to-air missiles. Yeah. Ah, gotcha. Um, 
right, so we've got the ship that you are on. Yeah. All right. I only have two more topics. I'm happy to be working down this list with you. Why would you get out? I mean, at six years, you decided that you wanted to leave the Navy. Keep in mind here that I was a loser from the second I walked in the door to the second that I walked out. (laughs) I'm not important. I'm not cool. These guys know they're not that awesome either, to be honest. But at least you're self-aware. Exactly. I'm self-aware. And that's half the battle. I'm like the Ryan Reynolds in the Navy. so, I mean, like, like at this point in time, like you, you're like you're like a legitimate somebody. I mean, like people like like may or may not know who you are, but eventually, especially in small boy navy, that shit gets around. And while it may not, you know, resonate with like E twos, E threes, E fours, E fives, but the, the higher ups know that you are definitely like a person that um, you know can. Get people to rally around you. Uh, natural, natural born leader, obviously, and maybe, 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 maybe you don't feel you are natural born leader, but uh, you were twenty four years old with a bunch of like 18, 19, 20 year olds when you're in boot camp. But I mean, I mean, still in the in the, at the bottom line, I mean, you started something that's, you know, and maybe it was lightning in a bottle, like the whole, uh, you know, it it, it got. Uh, repealed and you were just at the right there at the right time or whatever but i mean like why get out i mean like seriously i just don't understand why i it, it just seems like such an easy path so, to like the rest of life so with the caveat that i'm still technically in yeah <laughs> oh well <laughs> so but you bet so why 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 get off of active duty for sure so the biggest thing is my so my wife just got their phd and I knew that in, and it's a PhD in psychology. So I live, I live in a feelings palace and, (laughs) (laughs) um, and I knew that the nature of their degree was one that did not facilitate easy moving around because you have to be certified in the state that you work It kind of Mm -hmm. like nursing or anything like that. And I knew that if I decided to stay active duty, Jen would have, still supported me, we'd still be together. But I also recognize that the ability to do say reserves and still advance and it still and still make an impact while also doing whatever the fuck I wanted to do over here was something that was really nice. So like I was able to like get my degree. I knocked out my bachelor's in three years. And I wanted to do something that was still kind of like with the camaraderie with the Navy, which actually kind of gets us to brewing. Because I was in San Diego and I, you know, I didn't know what I wanted to fucking do when I grew up. And, you know, I was like, shit, I'm doing it. This is my third career change. Cause I was, you know, I was a photojournalist and now I was in the Navy. And then I was like, I have to do a new career. What the fuck? So we went on this brewery tour at Stone down in San Diego, Stone Brewing Company. And Great. I remember walking around and yeah, looking yeah. at all this shit, which is super good. And I remember looking at like all this shit. I'm like, all these cooling systems and all this pneumatic air and all of these pieces of machinery, I already know how very to work familiar, on. It's very yeah. similar. I'm already familiar with it. I already know how to troubleshoot in this environment. I know how to do ACDC motors. I know how to fix mechanical and electrical. So I looked and Jen was in Colorado with, with grad school. And so I just looked up like, are there any brewing or science programs? Cause I, I really love science. And, uh, Colorado State University had a fermentation science degree. 
So it's basically like a microbio degree with an emphasis on food science and like things that ferment. So everything from beer to chocolate, soy sauce, kimchi, whatever. So I was like, perfect. I can just work in a brewery because I already know how to deal with this equipment. I just need to know the science behind it. So I got the science degree. So in the time that I've been out of active duty, I've been, I made first as a yeoman. Like I had a cross right. I had to take the FC2 to, cause I was an FC2 when I left. I had to take the YN2 exam to cross rate. And then the next cycle, I took the YN1 exam and made it. So in the span of one year, I went from an FC2 to a YN1. And then I've made, and so like, and then I was able to make chief. So I, mean, I haven't made chief yet, but I was able to test for chief. So like I've, I made board this, this year again too. And, nice. you know, I've been able to go to Africa. I've been able to go to Europe. I've been able to continue as like an auxiliary thing with glass. Like I think last year, I think it was something like 12 different chapters reached out to get started to me specifically, not even just in general started. That's just people reaching out to me since January this year has been four. So I'm still able to do the glass things and help grow the program and act as a, as a sounding board, but from more of a back thing while also being able to like make beer and have that same kind of camaraderie that I miss as being an FC or being in CG or being on the destroyer because the craft brewing community is very similar to the Navy community. You know what I mean? Like it's a very similar kind of lateral shift, but I can still do what I want to do and be Joe Navy in my capacity as LPO for my unit. So when we go to Africa, we do these big exercises. So I'm taking, you know, 15, 20 guys down range to some fucking remote places to do like inner, you know, interagency multinational exercises with these countries that I can still feel proud of the work I'm doing without having to fucking go back to sea. Because honestly, if I never have to go to sea again, I don't even want to go on a fucking cruise with my wife. Jen's like, we could go on a riverboat cruise. We could, I'm like, you don't get it, man. I've sailed across the Pacific multiple times. I don't want to go on a fucking cruise. Like, I just don't want to do it. If I don't have to fucking stand watch. Boring. You don't oh my God. nothing to like, do when you're just trying exactly. to enjoy a ship. You, you were, yeah, well, I guess yeah, you only did six years. So yeah, you did, uh, you were just a West Coast uh, sailor then. Yeah. Are you? Okay. Yeah, so I was cool. West Coast. Um, did you say you made four? Yeah, this is the second time I've made board. This is in the reserve. You didn't make, you didn't make cheat the first time around? Huh? Yeah, I made board. I made board last year, but my record was jacked up. So um, I didn't make it last year, but then I made board this year. So I find out in July if I made it. Oh, awesome. Good if luck. I made cheat. Yeah, yeah thank luck. you. Yeah, I, I, that's I, awesome. I, I kind of don't want to make it this year because I'm also moving to Chicago <laughs> this summer because I'll be a head brewer at a, at a brewery out there. And uh, I'm just kind of like, I don't want to go. Actually, no. So um, I was going to apply for Goose Island and I don't want to work overnights anymore. Um, Uh, But this smaller brewery called Alarmist um, was hiring for a head brewer. So they're like, yeah, let's do it. So yeah. But my, my assistant, my assistant is from Goose Island. I have an assistant now. Yeah. Um, So. Okay. Very cool. I hope you, I hope you may. Well, I guess if you don't want to make chief, I still hope you make chief, even though you don't want to. If I, if I make it, (laughs) Awesome. It's just logistically going to be a bitch because I'm still yeah. attached to my Denver unit until December, but I'll be drilling out of Great Lakes. So it's going to be a really weird, like, 
where do I do a season? If I have to do a season this year, at least if I make it next year, I will have been like in my new unit in Great Lakes. So it won't be as much of an issue. At least in theory. Hey, uh, my last thing, and then we can go on to whatever else okay. about your life you want. Thank you. Is, uh, you chose uh, from FC, you went to uh, YN. Made YN I didn't one. choose YN. I well, didn't choose YN. I, oh, that, I it was, they gave me YN. I, yeah, so I, because I was in school, I was getting my bachelor's, I didn't want to get a rate that I had to go to fucking A school again for. I'm like, I've already done two years of schooling. Give me a rate that I don't have to go to fucking school for. It was YN, MA, or can't remember the other one. There was one other one that I didn't need. I was like, well, I don't really want to be an MA, even though like I worked with in CG, so I was doing basically gunner's mate work anyway. I was like, I don't, yeah, exactly. And I was like, well, and it's funny because like when I made, when I had to be a yeoman, all my FC friends gave me so much shit. They're like, this is such a fucking weenie job. It's not <laughs> cool at all. And then I'm like, yeah, I've been to Italy six times and Africa twice with this unit. So I, was, I really I can't was definitely going to call you a weenie. Like, that was definitely, a, I had a, uh, an arrow off of YN1. I was going to call you a wiener about it. But then <laughs> exactly. uh, I got to, you know, then you were like, well, oh, I get to go to all these places. And uh, also the fact well, that and I it's funny. go back to A school and YN's not, why it's not a bad job. No, it's not a bad job at all. Like I was grumpy at first. I met this, um, I met this YNC. We were in Seychelles this last summer for exercise and, um, he's attached. I know, I know he was attached to the, um, so Mauritian embassy. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I made shell back when I was on, um, active duty and, um, he was attached to the, he's a yeoman attached to the Mauritian embassy and he was there for the exercise and we we're chatting and he was a former gunner's mate who went with like special forces gunners mate and he had to be force converted to YN as well. And so we were kind of like, yeah, tactical yeoman because we had all this weapons experience, <laughs> but we were still doing like weird bullshit yeoman stuff. But it was funny too, because like, because I do have a background in journalism and photography, I was doing like all this MC content creation while I was out there. In addition to being LPO, in addition to <laughs> yeoman shit, in addition to logistics and delivery, like all this other shit. So like, as a reservist, I'm doing so many more things that I've had experience in as opposed to just working on my weapon system. So even though I still technically have the NECs. So if I was to get deployed, I could theoretically still do FC stuff. In my free time in the Navy, I spent mostly helping my friends finish off kegs. So it's <laughs> refreshing to see somebody that uh, made a difference. That did something to somebody else <laughs> other than giving cigarettes to the 14-year-old kids in the apartment complex with me. Allegedly. Hey, I, did Allegedly. A, <laughs> I did have a question. Uh, so, I know everything, the conversation has been great, but did you did you ever receive, I guess more like when you were at, on active duty, just because it was such a Cha uh, changing time. Did you ever receive any negative pushback or underhanded comments from your sh fellow <laughs> shipmates, or was there a Ooh. you know? I mean, we don't have to name any names. I was just curious. It seemed like you were well, well welcomed. That idea was well welcomed. Everything was so. And I know that not everything's so. You know, I know life isn't always so perfect. So I was. Yeah, it wasn't. Was some other yeah, and I'm glad. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. I um, And I talk more about this in the uh, Permission to Speak Freely podcast, but my first year on my ship, um, we had one other woman in the division. 
And I think there's maybe three total in the entire weapons department. And my work center soup was this like super conservative gung-ho dude from Alabama who just like did not want women in the Navy and sure as hell did not want gay people in the Navy. And he got me. And he was just like, and he was like one of these like, and I don't know why people do this whole like, I'm an alpha. I'm like, cool. Do you have snacks for everyone? Because that's what alphas do. Make sure everyone's fed and safe instead of being a prick. Alpha does not equate to prick. I digress. Anywho. So this fucking guy was my work center soup is a C was tech and they had just gotten back from deployment when I got to the ship. So everyone had like, you know, everyone had bonded and it was all bro and great. And then this like fucking little social justice queer chick comes in. I'm like, hi, I'm going to start a chapter. Mm-hmm. Blah, 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 blah. So and the big thing that pissed everyone off is I had gotten the EP when I got to the ship because I was sapper victim advocate and started a glass chapter and gotten all my quals and actually did maintenance. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, so my first year was a lot of passive aggressive bullshit, a lot of negativity, a lot of shit talking, not even of like you as a person, but like, I don't understand why these gays want, where's straight pride month and all this other bullshit. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, sailors are killing themselves on ships and I'm getting phone calls at two o'clock in the morning about it. And, you know, talking about like, you know, how different commands are like, I've been incredibly fortunate and I, I recognize this of every command I've ever been at. I've had a very supportive triad. I've had a very supportive mess, even when I went to DRB that one time, but I digress again. <laughs> um, <laughs> not my fault, but um, it was it was one of those things where I was fortunate that I had like the triad support, but I still really had to kind of cut my, cut my teeth and and get street cred from the deck plate level. And that took a while, especially because, I mean, like I imagine you guys have read a Facebook comment before this, these things called Facebook comments. Might have seen and so one. every time a few of them, and you know that they are like the best parts of humanity are on Facebook comments, especially like military Facebook pages so every time that I was like doing a pride month thing, or I, I think it was like um, the Navy times, they were trying to do like, you know, sailor spotlights for pride month. And they got to me, like I was the first one and the backlash was so terrible. They just canceled it for the rest of the month. And so you're talking like all this like crazy shit. So it's like, not only you're trying to do your job, not only you're trying to do this, this organization and trying to help support people. But then you're also just getting this like constant just bullshit deluge of just negativity and people questioning motives. And I remember um, there was this other ship that was same, you know, and I've, I've told the story on, on permission to speak freely, but there was this other ship that was the same platform as ours. And the only out gay man on the ship uh, completed suicide on watch mm. because they were going to force him to go on deployment. And he, he had begged for a transfer. Like none of the gay people on this ship slept in birthing because they were afraid. Like they would sleep in lockable compartments because they just like all the lesbians on the ship were dealing with all this sexual harassment. And the one out gay dude was basically bullied to suicide while on watch. And this was during the time when sexual orientation was not covered under equal opportunity. So myself and a gay master chief, uh, master chief BB, um, we tried to do a, um, a uh, investigation, a simio investigation about the command climate because one of the lesbians had reached out to me, told me what happened. And so she's like, you know, we were trying to start a chapter. I wanted to give them a talk just because people were saying the most horrendous shit 
on the deck plates, even like after like they did an all hands call after he died and people were saying this like homophobic shit in ranks after walking over his fucking blood on the quarter deck kind of a thing. Mm, fuck. And so Sorry. she's like, which is so, which is so fucked. And then you're just like, all right, cool. So they wouldn't allow her to do any kind of training about LGBT people at all. So we wanted to do a semio complaint, but because we weren't covered under equal opportunity, sexual orientation was not a reason to launch a semio complaint. So that command was never investigated for the way it acted and the command climate that led to that suicide. So when you talk about how incredibly fortunate I've been and how cool everything was, that was very much just, again, like a lightning in the bottle, stars aligned thing that protected me from a lot of bullshit. Whereas other people on a platform, the exact same as mine with the exact same mission had the complete opposite experience. So, and that is, that's still a thing today. Like it's very much dependent on your triad. It very much depends on command climate, depends on how you get treated. And you can be the best sailor. You can be the hardest working sailor. And that doesn't mean fuck all when you're just, I mean, we, we have a suicide problem in the Navy anyway. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, feeling marginalized, feeling not part of the team and then being constantly harassed, you know, so that, you know, yeah. So like, again, have I had amazing commands even now, like as a reservist, I mean, I have some, I, I don't have the best um, relationship with my current CEO, but that's, but we still are able to work together, you know, what's, what's so what's the biggest resistance to starting a glass chapter on in a command if any i would say i would say it's easier now just because there's so many of them the biggest thing before was like if you say if you go up to your skipper or whatever and you're like hey i want to start a chapter people are like well what's wrong why do you feel like you need to do this right no no nothing has to be wrong to start this but also depending on like you know, if they don't agree with the lifestyle, they're going to be less likely to want to help you with that. Like they're going to be less likely to like, we had this one, we had this one sailor, she reached out to me and she's like, we have a glass chapter, but they won't let us fundraise and we can't have any events on the ship at all. Mm-hmm. And I was like, so you have no ability to do anything because you can't make money and you can't yeah. have anything during the day. I'm like, so they have a chapter, but it's basically cut off at the knees. Mm-hmm. Whereas you have other ships that are doing like fucking drag shows, you know, and that's, that a hundred percent comes down to the command. And again, sometimes it's like, you just have to wait till that skipper leaves. Mm. You have to wait till that master chief leaves. You have to wait till you get, you know, someone in khakis who's willing to be your advocate and fight for you behind those closed doors that especially junior enlisted aren't privy to, you know? So like whenever someone wants to start a chapter, like I'll give them all the paperwork. I'm like, find yourself a mentor ask around, see if there's any support for other people wanting to start a chapter and then have a sit down with your triad before it crosses their desk to answer any questions. Makes it a little bit easier instead of just like sending up this paperwork and they're like blindsided. What the fuck is this? Why do we need this? What's happening? Like, you know, so, but yeah, I mean, there's still pushback in 2022. Like, can you go over how to start a chapter at your command? Yeah. So Either you can, usually Facebook is the easiest way to do it um, if you don't already have charter and bylaws. Um, but once you get them, either you, you find someone online or you know someone who has them, you go to your admin, they adminize it because I'm a bad yeoman. I haven't done it yet. <laughs> they're still from like 20, they're still from like 2014 and like the fonts all fucked up and the margins. I'm like, they're like, aren't you a YN1? I'm like, technically. Um, but uh, so basically you adminize it, you get all set. 
And then you find, again, like a khaki, like either a chief or a J.O. who's willing to be your advisor. You ask around, see who was interested in doing it. Because it's easier to be like, hey, yeah, we got like 30 people who want to be a part of this as opposed to like, I'm the only one. You know, and then again, yeah, you just schedule if you can sit down with your CMC or anyone from your triad, ideally all three, talk -hmm. to them about it, why it's important, other commands that have it, you know, why you think that it would be a good fit. And then you route up your paperwork. And then once it's approved, then it's an officially chartered part of your organization. Well, it's ultimately like a advocacy or like it's Mm -hmm. and like for assistance and like help so it's not necessarily like again nothing has to be wrong it's just we want to have this tool to help the people that you know would benefit or you know need guidance whatever kind of thing like oh absolutely and you think of like i mean and i I don't know where all y'all are from but like imagine like a small town and like there's a kid who wants to get out of that small town and they know they're gay and then they get to a ship and they don't know anyone. They're just coming out and there's no resources. What ends up happening? I had a chief who I was talking to about glass and he was super flamboyant. And I was like, oh yeah, this dude's gay. Like we're, we're vibing. We're on the same page. And um, he said he was from, you know, a small town in Texas, joined the Navy, knew he was gay. And he was in Great Lakes. He went down to Chicago when he was a young sailor. And his first experience with a man sexually was a sexual assault because there was nobody there to protect him. There was no group he could go to. And he ended up getting in a situation where that happened. And he told me straight up, he's like, what I would have given to have a group like this when I was a young kid, just trying to figure this out, you know? And also like straight sailors who have like, you know, my mom came out as gay or my sister's gay or my my little brother's trans, what does this mean? And it's like, yeah, like this is for them too. You know, not only for the gay sailors and and trans sailors and everything else, but also to kind of show that, like, people who might not have had experience with gay people, this is what gay people are. It's not necessarily a stereotype. I mean, even though sometimes we are very, very stereotypical. So. The the best smelling people on the ship. (laughs) (laughs) Not bad. Not bad. What was your favorite meal on the ship and why was it not Hamsters. Hamsters, man. Always hamsters. Those are the only are things those? that were ever cooked well. The cordon blues. The, cor- the cordon oh, blues. Oh, man, yeah. We started calling I, those after we got out, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah, hamsters. We even good. narrowed down when, when when that term started being used. Say again? I've, no, I've only ever known them as hamsters. But, yeah, we so the chicken there. cordon blues. May have been a command thing or something. That wasn't, like a, that wasn't us. I'll tell you what. When you got one that was cooked perfectly... That that was definitely top notch, and a lot of us in this—I don't know—I've never had chicken corn blue in my life until I'm uh, still eating. Until I got the navy, and 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 I order at restaurants now. I got a jumping catfish at my house. Oh, catfish! Oh, yeah. I'm gonna jump a catfish. I remember this one time. I remember this one time they put tapioca pudding next to um, what's that that white shit you put on fish? Um, tartar sauce, tartar sauce, sauce. and they didn't label them. So everyone was putting tapioca on their fish and having bowls of tartar sauce for dessert. And I'm like, this is the most fucked up nonsense. Like this bullshit. I'm so pissed. I I believed a lot of your stories until you basically twisted my favorite story about eating sour cream on a pumpkin pie into Uh, your own story about tapioca pudding fish sticks. 
That's and funny. I, and I want to one up that story with uh, I put sour cream <laughs> on what I thought was a pumpkin pie, but was actually a sweet potato pie. Uh, what's your least favorite meal on a ship? Like everything else. Like I remember on deployment, <laughs> I hated the food so much. I li- I lost like thirty pounds on deployment because I just inv- I insisted that Jen send me like dry miso soup that I could just add hot water to and just ate up in my shop just because the food was so god awful that I'm like oh, can't do it. Like every now and then maybe mid rats they would do like a grilled cheese, but like other than that, like everything else, I was like, oh man, we had awesome. Man, we must had a we must had a, we must had a, a, a rare. Some people didn't like some people didn't like the institutional food. Yeah. You know was really you know what I liked a lot the super high um the the milk the fucking like the high um <laughs> right the oh, high pasteurized milk because <laughs> it was sweet it was already kind of like sweet milk because mm-hmm. it was already like all the proteins were basically destroyed so it That's tasted like I sugar gotta, I gotta check out of this because <laughs> you and Josh Cole can talk for about twelve <laughs> hours about camel they've milk. been coming those big giant sacks. <laughs> <laughs> and they can sit out on the nest eggs for three weeks. I'm not drinking that. Well, some good ass milk with, with some yeah. cereal. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. You drink that shit? I thought you ate it. Yeah, man. Yeah. Oh, no. I'm yeah, not drinking man. that high tent milk. Disgusting. You didn't drink it. I know Andy didn't drink it. He was too busy getting egg, eggs squirted on him. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, man. I'm not drinking that shit. That's. I guess I guess we're doing the general Navy questions right now then Joe uh, I, well I, I just kind of I just kind of like I, well as, 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 as she was talking like she kind of glossed over things that I had uh, wrote down and like I didn't know about San Diego and stuff and there's some other things and I was really curious about well, let, let me ask the let me ask the last one then uh, when we ask these like to every like new person on the podcast these like three questions mm-hmm. the last one is a uh, is there a film that you think of like when you're on deployment and whatever regardless of what you're doing you walk by the lounge and there's a movie playing and you have to watch it for like 10 15 minutes is there a film that you could think of we had one movie that i'm pretty sure was played on repeat and every time i see it or hear it I think of deployment and I've only ever seen, I think I've seen the entire thing once, but I only ever caught like the last like 30 minutes of the movie every single time. Pitch Perfect. <laughs> Pitch Perfect was on repeat. It's a different Navy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I could see line. that being a thing. Yeah. Well, my, my movie is Bring It On. So different time. it's a different time. It's the same movie, different time. Yeah, it's yeah. true. Time, it's basically true. Once, once, being girls, you know. <laughs> yeah, but I don't, and I don't know why. I think it was just like a running joke that all the guys just wanted to see like Anna Kendrick a lot, and so it was every single time you walked past it, that movie was on. But it was o- I only kept on catching like the last half hour of it. So you just like you watch, like all right, like, kind of ruins the movie if you like, know how it ends. This is like you're doing a wake up call and you walk by the lounge and it's playing. You're like, like oh, oh shit, shit. Mm-hmm. like twelve minutes or yeah. something. Uh, any uh, favorite foreign ports that you particularly enjoy? Um, on the ship, Singapore was awesome. Saipan was awesome. Um, but as a reservist, um, I go to Naples, Italy a lot, which is super fun. Like, I really like kind of piling around there. Um, Seychelles was awesome. 
Uh, we were there for like two and a half weeks this last summer, which was just like phenomenal. Um, yeah, but definitely I like Singapore. I, lo- I like the food in Singapore. Singapore had the best food for sure. But I think the people in like Saipan were the nicest. Uh, do you guys have any Navy related questions before we get into this brewery stuff? <laughs> Jill, take a look at your notes. I am looking. <laughs> I just, I just imagine it's like this thick of notes. And you're no, just, it's, 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 I've been marking them off as I go. If you can see that. <laughs> oh, gotcha. Oh, nice. I got a lot of scribbles. Uh, no, it's just like, you know, as we're, as we're talking, like, this thing's like, Joe, do you interest. write in the uh, boot camp style writing? Uh, yeah, I've, I've, I've been writing in all caps since I was 18. Yeah, same. And yeah. Uh, I, I'll tell you what, it's so, I, I can't, I, I can write cursive. But uh, but boot camp style writing is just like just like really easy. Everybody can read it. Uh, I've had multiple people, women, men, compliment me on my handwriting, and I'm just like I'm just a block letter guy, and I'm I'm really fast at it now. Like my mm-hmm. my. Like it's weird. I I still trip out on how I do eights. Like I still do the double. Oh, I, I do I do a zero and a zero. Uh, a kid saw me doing that. I used to work with when I worked at a warehouse, and he was like, "Why do you write eights like that? Like everybody knows you do the, the eights." And I was like, "Well, in boot camp, you you, you you do like this." And he was like, "Okay, buddy, sure." Like you didn't believe me, and I'm like, "Dude, you got club feet. You'll never find out." You know that? Do you still do like the zeros with the line through it? Yeah. So you can tell it's a zero. Uh, I, I yeah. used to do that. I used until uh, I've taken so many notes in my life that I know what my zeros and my O's are just like slightly different. Uh, it, because I've been taking notes for a long time with the job that I have, so I know. But I used to be that that slash guy. I mean, until I was probably like thirty. All right. I write my Z's with the slash, but that's because I was like really into math in high school. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> Good thing you didn't take that test before it be an ET. <laughs> um, let's talk about beers for for a hot second. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, so, uh, I do have questions about that. So you got out of the Navy, um, this and thing, and then now uh, you are currently brewing overnights. And uh, in Colorado, I just want yeah, to add, add that um, one year, me and Joe, we took a cross country trip <laughs> from California to Virginia and we stopped in Golden, Colorado. And we took, mm-hmm. a, we took a, a brewery tour of the Coors Brewery. And mm-hmm. that was like one of my favorite tours I've ever taken in my entire life. I, I learned oh, yeah. so much about brewing. And you know, it's fun like, if you, um, oh, yeah. Like this it's a, it's like a great tour. Oh wow! But uh, yeah, if um if you watch the new Star Trek, the um like the movies, like the ones that came out a couple of years ago with like the new Spock and Kirk, whatever. Yeah. There's a scene where he gets like teleported into the engineering spaces, and he's like in a water tube. That's actually filmed at the Budweiser Brewery. All those wow. all those pipes are from the brewery. Like Did that's why it was still like with like all the catwalks. It's like the new um. In, in, in St. Louis or not? Like it's the it's the Star Trek where like it was like basically like an alternate universe, but oh. it's like the the movies, not the show. But like um, Chris what's Pine? his name? 
Yeah, the Chris, the first Chris Pine one. So the they, the, the, they, the tube scene they shoot that in St. Louis, Missouri. Um, at one of the plants, there's a couple of different Budweiser plants, but the that's like how big those facilities are with like transferring their wort and stuff like that. Like it's yeah. So that's okay. I didn't know that. Yeah, fun fact. Mm. No, but I love it though. Like I love brewing beer. Like honestly, like the uh, the triple Adam that you're drinking is my favorite of our New Belgium beers, just because I'm I'm over drinking the Voodoo Rangers, or as I like to call it, Johnny Depp skeleton. So <laughs> he doesn't have enough bracelets on to be Johnny Depp skeleton. So that's <laughs> We'll we'll review our beers at the very very end. Yeah. Um. What what got you in? Like I know you kind of told us about, you know, you took the tour and and then uh, you saw the equipment or whatnot, and you felt like yeah, it's interesting. You go from photographer to sea uh, tech to brewmeister. Yeah. Well, I I like like I love history. Like I work twelve hour shifts overnight, so I just put in my earbuds and I listen to podcasts all night. And like, like 80% of my podcasts are fucking history podcasts. And so like brewing and like fermentation and general, like, so like I was one of those people during the pandemic that was just making a lot of sourdough. Like I was one of those guys. Um, <laughs> um, but like, it's a perfect like blend of like science and history and like food, which I really like. Um, and so like every aspect that you look at, like any kind of alcoholic fermentation is, um, like, you know, it's, it's fascinating no matter how you look at it. So, and it's something that there's so many different styles and there's so many different things you can do with it. And it's so subjective. And I just, I love it. Like, honestly, had I, had I been living in California or been moving to California, I would have gotten my degree in like viticulture to do wine. Cause I prefer wine over beer in general, but yeah, like there's something about beer that just historically, like, and like women historically used to make beer and then like, there's a whole history of women brewers that we're trying to kind of reclaim now as an industry, which is really nice. So yeah, I mean, oh, I, just, I thought it was fascinating. And, and the well, and the more I learned about it, you're like, how fucking cool is this shit? Like we're, right. we're corralling microbes to make food. We like, like, yeah, the yeast like, are yeah. cool, man. The yeast, the yeast are, are the cool little creatures. It's like a living really organism are. and we're, we're like drinking its byproducts essentially. Correct. Am I? Well, yeah. And it's funny. Cause like, you could argue that like, technically the yeast are using us to make their food mm. because like not every animal likes alcohol, but we like it so much that we're willing to make all this perfect sugar water for them. So they can just live their best little yeast lives. <laughs> and we just happen to eat their piss and shit. Yeah. Right. <laughs> They've trained as well. <laughs> they really do. Like it's kind of like our, our microbial overlords, but like everything no. from like, Again, bread, any kind of fermentation at all. You're just like, holy shit, this is fantastic. Oh, yeah. Like, also, hey, have you seen where they've, and this is probably just some crazy thing that I've seen. I've seen where they've modified that yeast cell and it can produce other things. Like I've seen them make to, where the yeast cell can produce insulin for diabetics. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've mm-hmm. seen that or I mm-hmm. thought that was a, quite a cool little, that's just a cool little, is it a single, is yeah. it a single cell organism? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, um, it's, kind of closer to like say mushrooms than you would say to like an animal cell. So it's able to propagate basically just grows. Think of like a succulent, like uh, you have like a cactus, it'll sprout off and grow that way. And then it can also like 
basically get cut up and like it'll replicate and then those just spread off on themselves. So if you look at them under a microscope, you can see these tiny little like ringlet circles where their little like little spores popped off of them. And like different yeast will have the spores in different areas. Like it's it's super cool. And like different temperatures, they make different flavors. Like we had like people in Europe knew what banana tasted like before we quote unquote discovered bananas because yeast creates a uh uh a byproduct like an hefeweizen that creates that flavor compound. So when we went and, you know, did this whole colonization thing and discovered bananas, quote unquote, we're like, oh, this tastes exactly like a hefeweizen. But we had that flavor already before we discovered the fruit that made that flavor because yeast made that flavor. Has so. has working at a brewery affected your your beer enjoyment at all? Or is it well, it's, it's definitely affected my weight. Um, I like we get so much. Okay. So I work overnights, right? Midnight, we have a shifty. So everyone stops what they're doing and drinks at midnight. And then we'd stop and we drink again at four 20 in the morning. And then I'm able to get, I know truly. And then I'm allotted 24 free beers a week. Oh, and yes. I have as much. Joe, don't quit as your I, job, Joe. Yeah. And then broke Joe Joe. is packing his bags right now. And then when you go into the tap room, I just go behind the bar and I pour whatever I want as much as I want. So I like literally like we have a walk-in cooler that is just full of beer for us to take home. It's like whatever you want to do. So I used to be a big kind of weird beer snob about shit. And then I realized that like, even if you drink say Coors or Budweiser, they make like millions of barrels of beer a year and it all tastes exactly the same. And everything that goes into that product is a natural product. The water, the grain, the hops, the yeast, and they all change every year. Like if you're making wine, you have like, oh, 2019 was a great year for blah, blah, blah. You can't do that with beer. You have to make it taste the exact same, even though those products are always changing. So some mm -hmm. years it's a bad grain year, some years it's a bad hop year. And you still have to basically create something that tastes the way you want it to taste every time. And that's like a modern marvel. Like the fact that, so like I used to be like, fuck people who drink Coors and Budweiser. And now I'm just like, drink what you like to drink, man. That's cool as fuck. Like, yeah. Did you ever you see know. that episode of, uh, like, the Foods of Made America or whatever it was? They had that one, like, PBR and, like, hams and old style. Yeah. It was, it, was, it, was, it was pretty interesting because, I mean, they were, like, you know, the kings of beer making for, like, 50 years in the 18, you know, oh. 20s or whatever. It's just funny to me. Oh, yeah, dude. And, I, and every once in a while, I'll tell you what, I grab a Schlitz. <laughs> and I like it. I still have a good time with it. They I mean, sometimes I'll do PBR. It's all good. I mean, and that's the thing too. It's like, some people are like, I only drink IPA. Like my father-in-law is like a double IPA dude. And I'm like, have fun. Like I have zero desire to drink that shit. I just can't anymore. Cause if I I'm going to drink something, I want to drink more than one of them. So I can't drink more than one IPA. So if I want to drink something like with that triple that you're drinking, granted, it's like what? 9% or eight and a half percent, but it's, you know, it's fucking delicious. You can drink that shit all day. That's it. It's all busy. Oh, we'll get to the beer for me later. I'm sorry. Did you see, uh, was it how beer saved the world or whatever that documentary? Mm -hmm. Is that what, is that, was, that what I was thinking of with, uh, when they talk about like hams and Schlitz and all that? No, no, this is like how literally beer saved the world. Like 
Because they were boiling the early beer and they didn't know beer boiling brewing like in, like caveman times and stuff like that allowed like the men or the whoever the you know the tribes people to go out like into the fields and like hunt and stuff and then they would come back and they had like early fermented beer like basic beer brew um to drink when they came back and like because like the process of brewing like the boiling of water and whatever else like got out the impurities in the water like uh, you were ultimately healthier in that healthier sense. for drinking beer that was water yeah than the water oh, yeah. with all the shit in so it yeah i'm looking at the label of this triple it's 8.5 percent abv but on the label it also says serve between 48 and 50 degrees fahrenheit which is pretty dope mm-hmm. oh yeah like there's there's different temperatures and that's the thing it's like you know with beer like I mean, if you it was either drink beer or drink shit water. Yeah. Like that was your option back in the day. And as much fun as shit water is. Um, but also like yeah. it wasn't like nine percent, you know what I mean? Like they would be, you know, they would be drinking like three percent, but like all the 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 yeast basically outperforms any bacteria and it kills any other bacteria in that solution. And also beer is acidic enough to anything that would make you sick can't survive in that pH mm, and the yeah. amount of alcohol it can't survive in. So like three different ways, basically beer in that environment is healthier. Like uh, there was a Dr. John Snow in the 1800s. He found the causative agent of cholera and he was the That's first the person to disc- I know, right? Uh, uh, so yeah. he, well, yeah, like he found this one pump in London that was getting everyone sick. Oh no, it's typhoid. Everyone was getting sick from this one pump. Yeah. And so he literally was the first person to like plot where everyone was getting sick and find where that location was and proved it was from dirty water. So he took the handle off of the pump and he realized the only people who weren't getting sick in that neighborhood were the guys who worked in the brewery because they were just drinking beer. <laughs> so it's just, it's cool shit like that. But yes, Jon Snow, there's a pub. There's his namesake pub in Britain, in uh, London. What, cool kind of, what kind of beers does Anne enjoy? I'm a big German beer fan. And it's not just because I'm a weird snob about it, but like, there's something about like a nice kind of like evenly malty, not super hoppy. And you can just like, there's this brewery down the road called Zwei and it's a German brewery here. It's probably the best beer I've had outside of Germany. And like, it's dangerous. Cause I'll go and I'm like, I'm just going to have a beer. And then like three beers in and I'm just tanked. <laughs> Cause they're, you know, the, the big old Steins. I yield. Yeah. Germans. I like to hear So you. good. Yeah. Hey, that's awesome. Oh yeah. So, well, it's like uh, the analogers and have and uh, you know. Early, you had made a point about uh, you, you called some beer a, a particular name, and it was because it was like just like a hammer of a little bit, uh, a hammer. Oh, of a like beer. crushable. Yeah, crushable. That was the word you used. Uh, when you're in your crushable phase, what are you drinking on? Ah. Uh. Man, I'll do like a red ale. I'll do like what, like red dog? Again, like I'll do, huh? Red dog. <laughs> do oh, no, find red, red dog, dog anymore? No, no, like a red ale. Killians? I mean, like all of a sudden, like Killians. even like with this, like a uh, like this drum roll, like this hazy pale. Like it's a yeah. hazy pale ale, but it's not an IPA. It's not overly hops, so it's like it's kind of light and fruity, but it's not like overly heavy on the hops. Mm-hmm. So. But like every now and then, it depends on the time of year. Like sometimes I want a porter, sometimes I want a stout, sometimes I want to, you know, like we have yeah. a Domingo, we have a mimosa sour, which is fucking delicious. I saw that. And it tastes uh, just like it was at it was at the liquor store I go to down the street from my house, and they had highly the, recommend. Uh, uh, 
I'm not gonna lie, I was a little nervous about it, so I went with the uh, 85. Uh, but oh, yeah. I definitely saw it. It was up at the top left corner, and I'd never seen it before. And I was like, you know what? I don't yeah. think that's for me. It, it's a, it's a, it's like a summer fun beer, or what? Yeah. So the Dominga, it's um, it literally tastes just like a mimosa. Like it's a sour beer, but we put a shit ton of like, oh. like Mexican orange and calamasi and um, lemon in it. So it's like it literally tastes just like a mimosa. Delicious. So it's not like gross sour beer. <laughs> awesome. Uh, so we gotta do our reviews. Yep. Uh, we'll go in the same order. I'll kick it off. Like once again, I was drinking the New Belgium Triple, uh, 8.5% ABV. It's recommended to be served at between 48 and 50 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, I'm gonna be honest. Like I've been drinking a lot of IPAs lately, so like my palate was like expecting that that flavor profile. And when I took a sip of the Belgium, like it was super like complex. There's a lot going on. And granted, this was last night. Went to bed, went to work. And all I could think about was drinking the triple all day. I was like, I kind of want to get back at it. It had a very, like, it took me back to like on deployments, being in Europe, grabbing European Mm -hmm. beers. And it, it like took me right back. And, uh, not a coincidence because Anne works at New Belgium that I'm giving this uh, five out of five bottle caps. <laughs> New Belgium. Very nice. Uh, <laughs> uh, Andy? Yeah, so I'm drinking the Summer Bliss from New Belgium. And, Do you want uh, the candy again? It's like Miami Vice. Yeah, kind of. Twist it. Oh, that's cool, man. Yeah, I yeah. am. But anyways. Um, yeah, it's nice. It's a it's a great summertime feel, you know, with the wheat and mango flavors and everything going on there. Um, and I was really kind of tempted almost, but not to be too much of like a, a kiss ass or anything else. Like when you said to bring a beer for the summer barbecue, I was like, <laughs> I feel like this could be my flavor for the summer, you know, um, <laughs> just something a little bit different, but still in that same vein. And, uh, you know, I give it like a solid three, seven, five, um, you know, I might even might give it a four. It's, it's kind of, it's growing on me pretty quick, but I'm, I'm, I'm really impressed. The, uh, the little bit of coconut we put in there. Some people mm-hmm. kind of get a, a sense of like the way that sunscreen smells, they'll mm-hmm. get kind of that as a flavor profile. So I know that one's kind of hit or miss depending on your, your palate. So I'm glad you enjoyed it. Cause as soon as I saw summer bliss, I'm like, Oh God. Oh no. He's going to think it tastes like <laughs> copper tone. No, so, no, I'm glad like you like it. it. Yeah. Good. Drew. Yeah. So, um, I'm going to tell a little story about my, uh, experience <laughs> with new Belgium. Um, I, I experienced it over 10 years ago in Florida when it was not available. My my roommate would drive to Georgia and he would buy fat tire and bring it home and he would covet that like it was gold and he he probably should have charged me $20 for one bottle. Before or after the baby? Uh, no, after. Um, <clears throat> definitely. Um, and I was very impressed by fat tire and it's a good I... I've, I've enjoyed new Belgium ever since. Um, so 
Voodoo Ranger uh, Juice Force is um, it's nine point five ABV, so it is a um, it's an ass kicker, man. I'll tell you yeah. what. It, there is nothing on this bottle. There's no no description. There's no cool <laughs> saying. There's nothing other than like hold your ass because uh, three deep and you're pretty good. <laughs> um, so, but I have to say that at first I thought that it was like borderline drinking liquor. Um, but by my third sip, I. I couldn't tell that I was drinking yeah, acclimated <laughs> yeah. normal beer. Uh, it is very easy to drink. Uh, it is very tasty. I really enjoy it. And I would bring this to any party I was ever at uh, just to see people get wasted off of it. Um, as well as, I mean, it tastes great. So it's going to be a, a, a hit. Um, I would, I would give this five out of five. Um, oh, wow. I, I, yeah. Um, so I appreciate all the pain and the hate that you probably have in making this, uh, this beer, but it is, it's really good. Um, it's very good. <clears throat> I'm glad you like it. Yeah. It's a nice balance of like the juice and the IPA at the same time. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's refreshing, but I'm also getting that, <clears throat> you know, that like bitterness, um, and, and the staying power of the IPA. So yeah, it's great. I love it. And, and it's like, basically top gun theme so <laughs> yeah win win awesome. very awesome i had to go through my text message the day before i uh made my purchase so i uh awesome. my turn yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. yes all right i'm with the good ranger 1985 ipa I'm looking over what? Anne to see if she's making a face or not. Say it again, Joe. Uh, Voodoo Ranger 1985. Oh, yeah. That's actually probably one of our... We So we every year we do like kind of a one-off IPA just to kind of see what the market likes. And everyone loved the 85. And so we brought it back this year. So I'd say it's probably one of our most popular like summertime ones. I Actually, of all the Voodoo Rangers, I prefer the 85 the most. Of the Voodoo Rangers. Do you want me to keep a couple cans for you? <laughs> Show off the can, Joe. Let's hear. Let's hear your review. Um, you know what? I uh, I really like it. I like it a lot. I like it a whole lot. I like it so much that I would take it somewhere, but I'm not letting anybody else drink it. I'm not bringing it for everybody else. I'm I'm doing one of those things where I like grab like a twelve pack, and then I get the hell out of there before anyone even knows I was really there. I drink like three or four beers, I'm out. And then I can take the, the other seven home and hammer them. I think it's, it, it, it's it really, it's good. It tastes delicious. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, what do they say? It's a mango something or other. But it's a mango IPA and it's kind of fruity. It's kind of fun and mm-hmm. yeah. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna, yeah. Like I said, I'm gonna take it to somebody's house. I'm drinking like four or five, and then I'm taking the other seven and get smashed <laughs> at my house by myself. Awesome. Yeah. So uh, I'm gonna do uh, a ten. Five. Or is that a five? On a five. Oh, a five. Yeah. Four point five. You came in here, so I'm just drinking the Voodoo Ranger. 
So I remember drinking the Ranger IPA all the time. Do they still yeah. make the Ranger IPA? Not no. normally. Yes. Um, it's really based off of our, like, people. people's taste change. That's why so many of our IPAs have so much fucking fruit in them. Right. Is because people per, like don't want to do like they'll do like the imperial if they want to do like a straight up just not really any fruity IPAs, um, but like especially younger drinkers really like sweet fruity shit. So that's why we've been adding so much fruit to our to our beer. So, um, but yeah, the actual original Ranger not so much anymore. Yeah, but yeah, drinking Voodoo Ranger. Um, I do wonder if the Voodoo Ranger shops at the thrift store though. Uh huh. That sweet, it's a sweet ranger hat. I would totally love to get one of those. Um, anyways, um, you know, ranger voodoo ranger, IPA, definitely, definitely not a beer to chug, definitely a <laughs> no. beer that you want to sit down and enjoy, and uh, maybe have some chocolate or have some cheese its or something like that in between. Because uh, I've only had two since we've been working on the i on the podcast, so because uh, they will catch up to you, seven percent will catch up to you. Uh, mm-hmm. A little bit higher than I like to drink. Typically, I like to stay within the sixes. Um, uh, but definitely started with the Ranger IPA, and then of course this came about. So yeah, but uh, nice. I don't know, man. It's definitely one of my top beers, dude. For sure. Excuse me. Um, I'll, I'll I'll go. Uh, I'm gonna go with Joe and just do a four and a half, four and a half bottle caps on this Voodoo Ranger. Some <laughs> and and yeah, I got my. Uh, I gotta represent my uh, my brewing neighbors. They there's this one neighborhood in Fort Collins that has all of our biggest breweries. So it's uh, new Belgium and Odell. Um, so this is the drum roll hazy pale ale. Um, it's about, what is it? 5.3%. So again, super crushable, not overly hopped, not overly fruity, kind of a nice balance between the two. I usually get this in the summertime when it's hot as hell. Um, as, as far as like, you know, I, I try, especially being in the industry, I try not to ba- like pay for beer because I think it's like, people are like, Oh, Hey, I bought some new Belgium for you. I'm like, why? I can just get so much free beer. Please don't spend your money on this. But, um, like I'll go to visit family in Chicago. Oh my God. Like I'll go to Chicago to visit. And I, we bought some voodoo Ranger. I'm like, yeah, why, why would you do that? I get no. So, um, yeah, but this is so much is why I did not drink new Belgium tonight. Cause I'm not at work. So, um, yeah, so this is super nice, light, refreshing, crushable, five and a half percent. So you can have more than three and not feel bad about yourself. Um, I also recognize that I do drink at elevation and I work in a brewery. So whenever I go down to sea level, I look like a superhero, just (laughs) pounding alcohol. And everyone's like, are you an alcoholic? I'm like, I promise I'm not. My tolerance is just crazy high due to the place I live. Joe knows about that elevation alcohol. (laughs) (laughs) So, but yeah, no, this was a drum roll, I, hazy IPA, tried and true. I'd say probably four out of five bottle caps. So I don't know if they um, distribute outside of Colorado, though. So if you are fortunate enough to get it, maybe a few places, maybe Odell's. Texas, I'm not sure. Was it, you say Oscars or Odell's? Odell's. Yeah. Oh. Not to be confused with Odell's, which is out, non-alcoholic here. <laughs> right. No, uh, uh, we do, don't we know do what that have, is. We have, uh, we have Odell's up here. 
there's not there's not a whole like large selection. There's only yeah. like two or three different yeah. types. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna bypass the uh, fireside chat because, um, based on Joe, this interview has gone on like 20 minutes too long. <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, I just want to say, um, one more question for you, Anne, is like, uh, you're around a bunch of FCs. Like, how close to a work center are we right now? Oh my God. I mean, frankly, we were always short FCs. So, like, if you guys were, like, half of you guys gunner's mates and half of those being, like, former, like, undez striking gunner's mates, it would feel more like home, where I'm like, shit, I had to clean all your weapons because you guys are fucking idiots. But I digress. <laughs> um, no, but this feels great, though. This actually feels like SeaWiz Work Center if we actually had enough people to do the work. This is nice. Awesome. Well, I just want to thank you. Thank you so much for uh, jumping on the podcast. Like I've had an absolutely, an absolute blast. I just want to do a a quick congratulations to your wife. I know she got her PhD, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Congratulations to your wife. Uh, Thank you very, very much. And this has been a blast. And like, I hope that uh, you'll, you'll jump back on with us. Cause like, absolutely. I felt like you, you, you're like one of us, you know what I'm saying? And like, if you ever, if you ever feel the need to want to chat about the Navy days again, uh, feel free to jump on anytime you want. Uh, any guys got any last minutes? Any save rounds, alibis? No. Uh, and anything anything you want to plug or good hang. Nothing, man. I just want to say thank you for having me on. I know, uh, you know, you reaching out and I'm really glad that you, you know, were interested in the story and I'm, I'm always happy to talk about it and meet some new people who've had kind of shared experiences as far as being FCs. Cause God knows I'm tired of admins. So, um, <laughs> it's, it's been great chatting with everybody and I'm really glad you guys had a couple drinks and got to hang out. So yeah, I'm really glad we were able to make this work. And that was another cool thing is like, like uh, reviewing beers with the, one of the people that are part of the process was pretty dope. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, honestly, st- statistically speaking, between the five of you, I've probably at least, if not brewed, then at least dry hopped or transferred all the beer that you guys had. So, some of my beer. Cool. <laughs> Put my hands on it. Wow. Like, nice. Right in it. Sweet. That's, it's actually kind of cool. My germs. Cool. My cool. germs. I have also my put germs. my fingers in every one of their beers. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, if, if, that, if uh, that's it, uh, say bye, everybody. All right. Bye. Bye, guys. See bye. You.